Welcome, everyone. This is Orion Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. It's Friday night. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Time for the law of one, people. Welcome, everybody. This is the last show for 2022, right? We are literally on the 30th of December, 2022. New Year's Eve, Eve. Right, the solstice just passed. If you're counting, I wanted to get into because my Wi-Fi is jumping up and down again. Um, but please show this out. I wanted to get into um, last week. I talked a, a little bit about the solstice, and if you've been following my uh, posts, the, the reels that I've made for TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, uh, I show different uh, uh, areas of uh, Father Time that is outside of the Christian pantheon. Why is that? Because the Christian pantheon uh, usurped and adopted that and changed. I talked about that, and I was actually watching a sermon on television, although, albeit a Christian minister that is, in fact, in California. So according to the Roman Catholic Church, um, they look at the the, the uh, church, even the Roman Catholic Church of the United States, and especially the further west you go in the United States, as being super, super, super ultra liberal and and not in accordance with uh, you know the the uh, Roman Catholic uh, Holy See. Welcome, Peter. Welcome, Julie. I see you out there. Ariel said hi earlier. I hope Ariel's still with us. Uh, welcome, guys. Like I said, share this out. I am in the dining room again. I'm actually facing my back to the kitchen. So if I turn on the camera, you'll see the kitchen behind me. It's a little dark here. Let me turn the the banner off here, the overlay off here for a second. You can see I have the the text up. I'm not exactly sure where we finished. I think it was right around question 12, uh, two or three. So I think I'm on two, getting ready to start three right now. So we'll just go from there. But I wanted to preface with um, the, the stuff that I have. Let me uh, take this back off the screen so you're not looking at my ugly mug. Those of you on the MP3 file uh, listening in, you're used to just hearing my voice. Anyways, so... Uh, so the uh, you know the stuff that I put up uh, for with Father Time, the reason I did that was that the pantheon of the Vikings coming from the south, the Celts, uh, which is uh, most of the blood uh, in my DNA, 
uh, and then going north, and I do have uh, what they call Scandinavian, which is really uh, Danish, uh, Swedish area, Geatland. Uh, it would have been the Geats where um, Beowulf was from and uh, Thor. Uh, the Geats, which were, which is central uh, to, to that whole area just west and north of uh, of uh, Germany into Spain into Denmark into uh, uh, Sweden that area was the was uh, what they call Scandinavia and uh, and then further north so the difference uh, the father time the whole 12 days of Christmas everything that you think uh, as Christmas including Santa Claus all of everything Casey welcome welcome uh, everything that is that you all think in America is Christian, uh, it, the name only Christmas uh, is the only thing because that's Christ Mass uh, is the only thing that is Christian about the entire holiday. Just like all the holidays uh, in but from October for September, October, November, December, all of those holidays, none of those originated in. Um, in Rome or uh, or uh, Judea, uh, the Judea Christian, uh, you know, old uh, uh, Old Testament, none of them. All of that was when after Hadrian's Wall was up, and then the Romans left when they were trying to conquer and, and change all of the what they call pagans, anything that's non-Christian they call pagan, uh, into Christianity, and they adopted and said, "Look, our Jesus was born on the same day that your God." Was and then the resurrection on the same day that when your God dies and then your God is reborn, uh, and weird that they have Jesus born on December 25th, but he dies before uh, March and then is resurrected in March. Um, but uh, you know, either way, it was 33 years later, right? So, but it was you know this weird time period. But but I was watching a, a sermon on uh, last Sunday. And uh, to get back to that really quickly and then move back to this. And the, the priest or the father, whatever they call him, pastor, uh, who was talking actually said, and I think I said, mentioned this last week, actually said, um, it doesn't matter that Jesus was not actually born on December 25th. And he said that it was early spring uh, when Jesus was born to mid, uh, you know, or late spring to mid summer. And I had heard June or July as well. Uh, that with the research that I've done, uh, that Jesus was born somewhere in there. It was either June or July, not, in fact, December 24th or 25th. That's the solstice. And if you looked at any of my um, uh, reels that I put up, I, I span from uh, telling you in English, I span the, the ancient Futhark or, or um, uh, what do they call that, uh, a Bohemian religion of the wild hunt, which the 12 days of Christmas uh, and uh, Christmas originated from uh, was that, that uh, Odin would go on a wild hunt. And what that was because of October and the veil being thin then, uh, and at that time, all the spirits are able to walk the earth, uh, at, uh, you know, on October the 31st. And then uh, the veil closes uh, and traps the spirits wherever they are. And uh, so everybody wears costumes to, to fool the spirits and the spirits will not land in the city and they'll move on to the next town. And then they keep doing that all night long because there's out people, trick-or-treaters, kids and adults dressed up as ghouls and ghosts and specters. And then they get trapped, not uh, poltergeising or occupying someone's house. Well, those spirits are, are now still in this plane, according to the ancient religion. 
Uh, and so Odin would then go on uh, the Christmas time, uh, which is now called Christmas, but that time of the Yule, um, which is Yule blood, right? Which is, uh, you saw that on there, um, you know, on, on my, one of my posts, right? The Alban or Arthan or, or Yule blood, depending on the language, uh, whether it's Norwegian or, or Swedish or Finnish uh, in the um, ideology. Um, so it's, it's the same festival. It's the festival of the feast, the 12 day feast and hunt a wild hunt so you have three different pantheons that refer to the exact same thing yule right yuletide means a time period uh just like um you know in uh, the the hindu religions like uh you know kali yuga a yuga is a time the the uh yule blot is not and it's actually pronounced uh, yule blood and people think it means blood it doesn't the word blot with the t is pronounced like blood um, but it means a time period and Yule time, Yule time, that entire English translation is what Yule, ta- Yule block means is Yule tide. And that tide means a time period. And that is a feast, the 12 days of Christmas. And this is where we get that from. And then uh, it was translated in Germany into their Christian uh, way and then eventually brought to the United States and now the rest of the world <coughs> as the 12 days of Christmas. <clears throat> only the all the Catholics and the Christians count those 12 days of Christmas from December 25th, 12 days out from that, which lands around the 6th or the 7th of January, somewhere between the 5th and the 7th. But it's actually counted from the solstice, and that varies uh, depending on the day. That's why there's 12 days, because it usually starts somewhere the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, is the solstice every year. And it shifts slightly because our calendar isn't exact. It used to be exact. Uh, when it was um, a 13-month calendar uh, equal 28 days. And then it did land on the 24th going into the 25th. Um, But now it doesn't. Now, because of the way the calendar has shifted, it's actually solstice usually happens either the 21st or or the 22nd, 23rd, or uh, early into the 24th every every year. And it varies because we only have uh, 364 and a quarter days so every fourth year, even just like our leap year, the it changes and it re- regresses for that. Okay, so that is the time that we're in. And why do I bring that up? I bring that up because of the cyclical nature. Here's how it ties into the law of one, and you'll see as we go. Uh, the cyclical nature of the of the planet going now into the northern hemisphere, going now into uh, winter, the cold dark of winter. And on the opposite end, it's going into the hot summer on the southern hemisphere of the planet. Uh, And then that switches. So there's always uh, a six-month differential between where you are on the face of the Earth. And then, of course, depending on where you are, literally the further north you go, the less light there is. And the further south you go, the same, uh, you know, at at that time of year. So right now in the north... Uh, it is going into the darkness of winter, and it's just now at the solstice. The solstice is the end of winter, and it's going back now into uh, spring because the days are now starting to get longer, so there's more light and there's more warmth, and then eventually the fall happens and everything falls out, and that's where, uh, like if you listen to the band Amon Amarth and they wrote the song In Pursuit of Vikings, and they talk about that transition, and that transition is in, in the darkness and the cold, and this is where in the Christian religion they call that Lent, in the Hebrew religion they call that Lent, 
is is the time when the God has impregnated his wife, who is eternal. The goddess is eternal, and the God dies, and then uh, but he is, his DNA becomes him. He is reborn through the the goddess in springtime and then he brings life to the world that's an explanation and people would say well none of that is real and that is a, a, a 3d explanation to the cyclical nature of this planet that as perceived by the the vikings and the celts uh, in the north and in europe going into uh, western europe and it goes back uh, at least five or 10,000 years prior to Christianity or Hebrewism uh, or any of those religions. There's only two religions on the face of the earth that go back as far, and that's when you go east. Uh, and, and then there's also some debate about that even further back. Now that DNA has shown that the Vikings actually conquered the uh, known world more than 100,000 years ago. Uh, their DNA is literally in everybody in Europe and Asia. Uh, far back, not just recent. So, and that's that people don't want you to know that. They're, they try to stamp out the entire idea that the uh, Vikings uh, are uh, have anything to do with the world because they want it to, because the Europeans want the French, the Spanish, and the Germans want to have all of the uh, uh, credit for it, right? Not uh, allowing it to go further north, or they'll accept, uh, and they don't want to even do that with the Africans. Um, because they want to say they create, they founded the entire world because they are, that's where their power base is, right? Uh, so welcome, Brianna. I see Brianna is in, in the audience and, and divine sovereign messenger healer, messenger slash healer. I love that. That's definitely a, a law of the one, a law of one, like uh, learn, teach, teach, learn, messenger healer. I love that. Uh, so welcome, guys. So the, the, you have to realize, again, it gets into the perception and their perception, but it is a direct link to the cyclical nature playing out in the third dimension for people to see. Uh, and that is the cyclical nature, the spiral nature of the universe. And this is in the law of one and what Ra talks about. Uh, and it manifests in, in the three-dimensional to play out there and to show you whether you're aware of it or not. Uh, our nature, that what happens in nature, having all of the different um, uh, seasons, uh, is the cyclical nature. And that is there physically to, to have us go through those changes. And that is in the third-dimensional reality that we are uh, living in. And that is where, the, if in nature, these people started to understand the spiral. And that's why you see that spiral uh, drawn in caves worldwide, because the cyclical nature that is the spiral, uh, they were starting to understand that it had to do in the physical as a manifestation, but it had far more implications in the spiritual. And if you look at all of the knot work, uh, by all of the these people in the north, that represents the in their uh, uh, ideology the Kundalini energy, which is the same ideology of energy from the east, from the Asians, and this is continued all around the world with that vibration into Japan and China and uh, in Africa. Everybody, these wise people throughout time actually understood this and this is why i also posted on, on my TikTok and then on uh different places facebook and, and twitter and instagram that uh, uh showing these different uh, uh cave drawings 
and saying our ancestors knew a lot more than we give them credit. And that's the, the information that Raw's talking about currently, warning that here in this session, you'll hear it as we go, warning about uh, we literally were just covering the Orion Crusaders and their methods, their modus operandi methods of brainwashing and mind control to keep us from knowing what I'm telling you right now or perceiving that is anything other than just some kooky, well, there must have been some crazy kids just drawing spirals in a cave and had nothing to do with any implications. It was probably just some kids playing around because kids do that all the time now because they're encouraged to do that. Spray paint everywhere and draw pictures and all this stuff that have no meaning whatsoever except for gang things or uh, you know tag names. And then the same thing happens on the internet. All of that is done on purpose part of their mind control uh, to to keep everyone occupied and not knowing what's going on, right? Uh, Peter uh, says, I'm going to put it up on the screen. Let me take down this overlay, or maybe it'll stay up with the overlay. It will. Peter says, Peter Coyle in Ireland, welcome, by the way, brother. He says, the oldest religion in the world is Hinduism, right? That's what I was saying. There's only a couple that are older. Hinduism being one of them, Right. That is older, and the Vikings studied these religions. And I believe he said Hindu, Hindu, Hinduism, theology, uh, religion on the planet Earth. And so, uh, agreed that you have to realize people don't realize and didn't realize. It's very, uh, thank you for bringing that up, by the way. Um, uh, <laughs> thank you, uh, Divine Sovereign Messenger. He says, he says, sure, I love you too. I love you as well. Um, it, 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 the, Peter's right, you can tell that. Uh, the everyone wants to you to believe that the Vikings were this ravenous, uh, insane, macho, just murdering for no reason. Some were. That's just that's the way it is in everything. That's the way it is now in the modern day. That's what movies were about. I was just watching uh, Avatar last night. And, you know, you, that show was another example of those in service to self and those in service to others where that sergeant who was the old, you know, war dog, he wanted a war and he was trying to start a war. Whereas the, the grunt Marine who had, you know, loss of his legs, who was going into the computer and jacking into the body and, and then being one of them and learning their ways, he was not that way. He didn't want a war. He was trying to save the people. So this happens throughout all of time. And those are in all of our stories showing you that there's some people are just warmongers and some are not, but they want you to believe that all Vikings are in fact, thank you guys for uh, sharing, by the way, I'm getting notifications that, that, that when you guys react or when you share the stuff out, um, that's what you hear. You hear the voodoo. That's what that is. This is my notification popping up on the screen. I don't want to turn them off because it turns everything off when I do that. So, so the, the the cyclical nature of the of the world physically, you have to remember this is a yellow ray sun, and the yellow chakra is the place of doing. And the third that's the third chakra, it's the third dimension, the third density is the place of doing. So everything is playing out from a spiritual uh, uh, the, all concepts that we're supposed to learn spiritually are literally playing out in, in the physical, and that and it manifests that way. And the Orion Crusaders are aware of that. 
knowledge and they're trying to eradicate and have eradicated that knowledge by banning uh, all of that, like all the Dead Sea Scrolls, because those were there. And if you read them, because I have many times, I've studied them for years, you see in, in the Book of Kells, which uh, you know is another one that's like you can read that for half of your life and never finish it. Uh, and not just that, but there's so many the 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 Nag Hammadi, the the you know the um, Bahamarata or Bahamarata. I always say that wrong. <laughs> right? the, all all of the the Vedics. Uh, and all of these are the ancient scrolls that were hidden and then reintroduced to the world. There was a reason for that, right? Wayne, right? Wayne, welcome. He said hello from England. Happy New Year for the for the coming year. Uh, agreed. We're this is the last show that I'll be doing for 2022. Uh, literally, we have two days left, right? And uh, or, or less than 24 hours, depending on where you are. You're in England, so less. <laughs> right? You're later than I am. I'm 420. You're what? What is that? 9, 10, 20 for you? So. 12 because you're eight hours ahead of me right <laughs> so so it's like 12 30 uh, p.m and in, in for you and for peter uh, over there in uk time so the the cyclical nature plays out and at this time of year in the north is playing that out and if you're in the southern hemisphere of the planet you're playing out going into the long hot summer just leaving spring and going into yeah 12 20 that's what i thought thank you uh going into the the long hot summer and then going to eventually go into fall and go through what we're going through now. Okay, so um, the the Orion Crusaders were aware of that. And well, I'm going to start playing the Law of One here in a second. And we're on session 12, and I believe it's we're right at the end. I think we're starting uh, question three right here. And that was when they were asking about the chariots that the Orion Crusaders uh, used to get here. And we literally just covered, that's why I'm covering it. We literally just covered their um, their MO, their modus operandi of brainwashing and eradicating all of the knowledge off of the face of the earth or attempting to by controlling people like Alexander, uh, like uh, uh, Julius Caesar, who burned Alexandria. Why would he do that? He did that to, uh, because they were trying to eradicate all knowledge. Look at the uh, con convincing all of the people of Europe during, uh, you know, during a certain time period, um, which we call the Renaissance, to burn all history books. They got everybody involved uh, in believing that all books needed to be banned and, and burned, and they tried to eradicate history once again. They did it when Alexandria was burned down. They did it when the Council of Nicaea, the, the two councils there of, of Nicaea, and then the four councils before that, they kept rounding up any kind of information that didn't drive the narrative that they were trying to teach, and they were trying to get rid of it, burn it all and get rid of it. But monks were stealing it away, and the, the Essenes did that. The the Coptics did that. The you know there A lot of groups stole these things away and they ended up in uh the irish and the scottish uh, monks stole this stuff or procured it or recopied it and took it back the scottish uh in the colburn bible is for an example has the first seven books came out of the exodus with the exodus of moses scrolls from egypt came out of that they got a hold of those scrolls copied them or took the scrolls themselves back to Scotland and copied them over and over. The Irish did the same with stealing the books that we have now. You can look this up in history. So all of this stuff was trying to be eradicated, just like you see in the Matrix and all these uh, uh, things and movies and books and that are out there in the world trying to tell us 
what they've been up to to eradicate the memory to keep it from us the entire story of the garden of eden was supposed to be learning the knowledge and they turned it into a bad thing you don't want it to, to eat this fruit you don't want to eat the fruit of knowledge from the tree of knowledge because you're not supposed to know this because you can't know this okay so um, or even when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, Casey said, right. So, and they found those. And then, of course, uh, you know, those were found by those kids in a, in a shepherd. And then they um, burned some of them as firewood and then eventually realized that they were worth something. And then someone got a hold of them. And then now we have them for the world to read. Same thing. And that wasn't the, the monks from, uh, from Ireland or Scotland. There's literally people over there in the Middle East and found them. And then uh, scientists and, and archaeologists got a hold of them and got them out to the world uh, and eventually translated them and got them out for us, reintroduced them uh, into the world. And at first they were underground for a long time. Look at all the crystal skulls and, and the religions themselves and the ideologies that were being taught that were not mainstream and controlled by what we today call the cabal. Uh, and it's still that way. They're trying to eradicate all. That's why their religion, which is uh, control, money, power, politics, religion, uh, uh, warfare, military, business, the caste system, that's their religion. And they call that state. Uh, and then they say religion is all of, weirdly, all of the um, uh, people that are anti-in-service uh, to um, self. Uh, so they, they say, you know, that all the other things are religions. And it's weird that there is no evil religion except for that fake one that they loosely call uh, Satanism, um, which is just whatever uh, the big three uh, religions are for, were for the opposite. And the big three religions are all based on the same religion. So they're like, whatever, therefore, we're for the opposite. Literally, the pagan druid ideology of do what thou wilt but harm none uh, was morphed into do what thou wilt. They took out the harm none part because it's about service to self. And they say we need a separation of church and state. And they convinced everyone that statehood is not a religion. Never, No one believes that today. They're starting to now, though. And I'm hearing people say that on television, politicians and uh, and uh, people that are you know, opposing uh, and fighting against the what we call the cabal, which is the Orion Crusaders by any other name. Uh, the Illuminati, doesn't matter what you call them, the, the their Bilderbergers, all of those are just names that they went by for little teeny organizations where depending on where the you are in that caste system, the higher up the caste system that you are to the point or the pyramid scheme, like you can see on the screen. Okay. So the Crusaders got here, knocked on the door like vampires. That's the story of vampires. They can't come in unless they're invited because of free will. Okay. And uh, because of free will. So they got here and said, wait, there's these evil bad guys that are going to come and get you and we can help you. And the people of this planet who claim to be in charge of it because they own it. We talked about that. How many, uh, you know, that 1% of the population has controls 10% of the uh, you know, of, of the top 10% or 90% of the wealth uh, and 1% controls 90% of the wealth and they believe they own this planet. And so they say, well, we're the ones who own this. So yeah, sure. You can come and help us. And then it was the crusaders who were coming here. And that's one of their modus operandi of, of uh, you know, uh, taking over planet. Pardon me as I take a drink. So they came here in what they call chariots and our course chariots of fire von Daniken. And that's because the only thing that we had that was a, a thing of war was chariots, so chariots of the gods, uh, and that just is vehicles, right? Um, so 
Yeah, see, so Peter's talking, again, I'm going to put this up on the screen, but I'm not going to read it. For those of you, I'll have to read it. For those of you on the MP3, I just don't want to get the, the algorithm uh, jacking into me, right? So because he's he's getting into, uh, well, he's being cryptic. So yeah, we might get around the, the uh, algorithm. We'll see what happens, right? So he says, when ornate Hendra, the god of Hinduism, commonly known as the god of love, he fell in love with her. This is the same story that Peter's talking about. And she gave him this, this, uh, it says Dick Stones. I'm not sure if that's uh, uh, Peter's accent screwing up his phone because he speaks into it. So I, because I'm unaware of what he's speaking of there to control. It's a, I think it's a, he said a number, but it came out that way. Control the, the, the world, Bowden and uh, Odin, right? Here's that word again, right? So Olden, um, what is that? Betrayer. Oh, so so then he was betrayed. Now that goes to let's talk about that. That goes to um, in the uh, different Dead Sea Scrolls. One of them, I think it might be the Book of Truth in the beginning. It's one of them where uh, where it's written that uh, that um, uh, that there was there was a mistake made in uh, creating the human uh, condition, uh, and it was um, error. And that was the name of the goddess. And so he's referring to us the same story uh, uh, told in a different pantheon and in a different scroll, but it's the same story. Remember, I talked about that, where all of the scrolls, if you read them, there's uh, common threads. They're all the same, but they're just changed. The names of the gods and goddesses are changed. But this storyline is telling you the same story. Okay. And uh, all of the, and this is another example of that where, uh, where error, uh, according to the Book of Truth or the Scroll of Truth, uh, it was uh, error was a goddess who uh, who used um, what we would refer to today as blasphemy, and um, and created the human condition of free will. So that in, is one of the scrolls that that suggests that this uh, experiment that is free will is not something that was planned, but then it says if it wasn't because of or an idea of the creator, it was because of the creator creating error and creating all of that, knowing that it was going to happen. So uh, so there, there's nothing that happens in the universe that is random uh, and doesn't happen without the creator giving it permission because the creator creates it. Do you understand? So, so even if a scenario pops up and it looks like um, the devil did it, uh, that the devil is like now with the cabal uh, doing things like this pandemic and now a triple-demic, which is odd because they claim that we eradicated the flu during COVID because nobody was being listed as having it. And now all of a sudden it's a triple-demic because now we have two major flu bugs that reared their ugly head after they told us for two years we eradicated the flu. That means that there's no more flu virus on the face of the earth. And now it's back and it's and it's just as strong as it was before. And oh, by the way, COVID is not as strong as it ever was because it never was. And it's only as strong as a flu bug. And now everybody's starting to believe it. So because people are believing that, now they're saying triple-demic. Uh, and everybody, because of being locked down and being away from everybody and distancing everybody, didn't have the natural immunities to these. This is the science scientist in me. They didn't have the natural immunities that you would have to these viruses. So now more people are getting sick this year, which is their plan from the beginning. Uh, still do mind control and population control and, and all this stuff. This is part of the modus operandi. 
people, when I start talking like this, again, they say, I'm tuning out. I'm out of here. This guy's talking politics. You have to realize I'm not. I'm talking, I'm a theologian. I'm talking a religion. I'm talking about something that you need to change your mindset. Remember, this was the lesson that Raw was talking about last time. And I talked about uh, on the show last time of uh, the truths that we cling to are directly related to a certain point of view. Ours. Okay. Your point of view is how you perceive things and to really, truly understand. And this is what Ross trying to teach us to really, truly understand the universe, the world and what's going on. You have to stop thinking from inside your box. You literally need to open up your mind to the possibility that everything, you know, or think, you know, that's a line from, uh, from uh, Willow. Uh, you have to unlearn everything you learned. Everything you know or what you think you know uh, is wrong because you're being taught askew. Uh, and that's part of the mind control. And so I'm going to go ahead now. I know I'm like a half an hour in, but I'm going to go ahead and play some of and let me know if you guys can hear because I can still turn it up. I have it in my headset. Uh, I have my headset on. I didn't turn on the camera. Did I? Oh, yes, I did, I think, for a minute there. So you guys could see my ugly mug here. Let me do that again. You can see my ugly mug. Uh, it's sitting here. Oh, I have the wrong window open to do that. There I am in the background there. I'm sitting, you can see the kitchen behind me, <laughs> right? I'm literally sitting at the, at the dining room table with the kitchen behind me, uh, doing this so that I can keep an eye on what mom's doing over here. So let me put this back on the screen and put the, uh, and put the overlay back up so we don't need to stare at that, but I'm going to go ahead and play, uh, the, uh, um, audio from, uh, uh, session 12, question i believe we're on three and we'll go forward from here and again i we are live those of you who can uh type your questions in the chat if you have questions or comments i will stop and answer or or can you know or, or you know read your comments uh, you know to the to the people to continue going uh but i wanted to preface all of that again and recap what's going on and then right i know casey said hi mom and she's she's not too far she's only about 10 feet away from me maybe 12 feet away from me in the living room watching the, the uh, uh, television, which you guys can probably hear uh, through my microphone. Okay, so let me go ahead and, and uh, play some of this for us here, and we'll get into this, okay? shape which is of a darker nature than silver but which has a metallic oh i didn't finish this this is the description of some of the ships that i apologize that i didn't start at the beginning of the question so this is the description of uh of some of the ships that the orion crusaders showed up in and we just we went over that uh last time so i'll let it play of seeing the light. in the absence of light it appears to be red or fiery in some manner other crafts include disc-shaped objects of a small nature approximately 12 feet in your measurement in diameter, the box-like shape approximately 40 feet to a side in your measurement. Other craft can take on a desired shape through the use of thought control mechanisms. There are various civilization complexes which work within this group. Some are more able to use intelligent infinity than others. The information is very seldom shared, therefore, the chariots vary greatly in shape and appearance. 12.3 questioner is there any effort by the confederation to stop the orion chair is that better i just turned it up so let me know casey if that's loud enough if not i can still turn it up i have it in my headset so it's not bothering mom it's from arriving here Ra, i am Ra. every effort is made to quarantine this planet however the network of guardians much like any other pattern of patrols on whatever level does not hinder each and every entity from penetrating quarantine for if request is made in light slash love the law of one will be met with acquiescence. If the request is not made, due to the slipping through the net, then there is penetration of this net. 
12.4 questioner, who makes this request? Ra, I am Ra. Your query is unclear. Please restate. 12.5 questioner, I didn't quite understand. How does the Confederation stop the Orion Chariot from coming through the quarantine? What actions do? Ra, I am Ra. There is contact at the level of light form or light body being depending upon the vibratory level of the Guardian. These Guardians sweep reaches of your Earth's energy fields attempting to be aware of any entities approaching. An entity which is approaching is hailed in the name of the One Creator. Any entity thus hailed is bathed in love slash light and will of free will obey the quarantine due to the power of the Law of One. 12.6 Questioner, what would happen to the entity if he did not obey the quarantine after being hailed? Ra, I am Ra. To not obey quarantine after being hailed on the level of which we speak would be equivalent to your not stopping upon walking into a solid brick wall. 12.7 Questioner, what would happen to the entity then if he did this? What had happened to his chariot? Ra, I am Ra. The creator is one being. The vibratory level of those able to reach the quarantine boundaries is such that upon seeing the love slash light net it is impossible to break this law. Therefore, nothing happens. No attempt is made. There is no confrontation. The only beings who are able to penetrate the quarantine are those who discover windows or distortions in the space-slash-time continuous surrounding your planet's energy fields. Through these windows they come. These windows are rare and unpredictable. 12.8 Questioner, does this account for what we call the UFO flaps, where a large number of UFOs show up like in 1973? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct. 12.9 Questioner, well then are most of the UFOs which are seen in our skies from the Orion group? Ra, I am Ra. Many of those seen in your skies are of the Orion group. They send out messages. Some are received by those who are oriented towards service to others. These messages then are altered to be acceptable to those entities while warning of difficulties ahead. This is the most that self-serving entities can do when faced with those whose wishes to serve others. The contacts which the group finds most helpful to their cause are those contacts made with entities whose orientation is towards service to self. There are many thought form entities in your skies which are of a positive nature and are the projections of the confederation. So you have to realize that people don't know that. And this is some of the stuff that we're trying to teach you and tell you because they, they control the narrative. So they only give you one side. They have you believing that that evil is stronger. Evil is in charge. Evil has won. Evil is winning. There's nothing you can do. You're hopeless. You're helpless. You're a slave. You're in prison. You're you're and the keys are thrown away. In fact, the people who put you in prison aren't even here anymore. And you can't get out. And you never can because there's traps everywhere. And if you go into the light, then you're going to die, or the, your soul's going to get uh, zapped, and then you're going to get thrown back into a body, or they're going to lie to you and say you're on a secret mission. Uh, and you need to come back. They tell a little truth with many lies to about the re about recycling. And they, they do try to keep people stuck here. That is true, but it is not a penal colony that was set up. I went over this last time by third dimensional beings that this is somewhere where they trap souls who were bad or they didn't agree with and they throw them to earth. Okay. That's just not something that has happened and is happening, but they want you to believe all of that because if you believe it, right, you, the, all the truths you cling to are directly related to a certain point of view. Your free will is usurped by your mindset. So if they can convince you uh, that you're a slave, you become a slave by proxy. 
this has been their modus operandi, and this is what Raw is warning about. It has been the modus operandi of the Orion Crusaders from the beginning. Always they found that they can get around free will by controlling the narrative, controlling the the message so they come down they're seeking control anyways because they're in service to self they seek power and control they set up the system and then they tell people they convince you of a thing just like in the united states when uh, the government needed money in the beginning it was voluntary and the people could just donate money and then they said to the people they came up with this scheme this idea hey how about um, we, because we're already levying taxes, they got you used to paying a tithing to your owners. Uh, how about what we do is so you guys don't have to remember, but you do want to donate some money to the government. How about what we do is when, when before you get your paycheck, and we're already going to be taking taxes out, how about we just add some money? Uh, that it's going to come out uh, for the federal government for you. You can sign up for that, and then uh, you don't have to remember it, and you'll never notice it being missing from your check, so it's not going to hurt. We'll take out a little bit every paycheck. This is how they literally implemented uh, taxes, uh, federal tax and state tax, and then they made it. It was it was voluntary, and then they told you that it wasn't voluntary and that you had to do it. The next generation that comes up prior to it, they don't know that it's supposed to be voluntary. And then they tell you, you hear, and then you have to sign this paperwork saying that you accept this a certain amount of money coming out of your paycheck. And then the money was going to the government, and then they told everybody you had to do it. And then if you didn't do it, you could go to jail because it became illegal. You have to pay a tithing to the to the cabal. So that's what they do. And then and they they the long term, they just change the narrative. So they give you the money or they take the money from you. And then they say, hey, we can take it from you automatically. And then they make that mandatory. And then they hope you forget about it. Most people do. So then the next generation, when somebody gets hired, then they just stop telling them that it's that they don't have to do it. And they say, here, sign this because you have to pay taxes. Because that's just the way it is, pal. Everybody has to pay taxes. Oh, okay. And and that's what people just submit to that because they said that's the same thing when uh, when I talk about voting. I used to be that way. I, I'm not playing their game. I'm not going to vote. It's rigged. There's no reason for me to do it, right? And so I don't do it. That's what they want. It's not that they want people to vote. The only time they want people to vote is when they need votes. And then they say, everybody get out and vote. Everybody get out and vote. They know that not everybody's going to get out and vote. Literally in this country, I don't know where it is in your countries, but literally in the United States, it's less than one third of the population ever votes. Okay. And of that one third, there's another one third of that third that actually knows that their vote doesn't really count, but they're still trying and they're voting. The other two thirds, they, they just, that's what they, the ones they call useless idiots. That's no joke. They refer to them as useless idiots. Those people are the ones that just vote and they stick to the party, whatever their party is. And it doesn't matter, red or blue. It doesn't matter in this country whether it's conservative or, or, uh, or, or progressive. They're both the same. They're both backed by the same people. They are, in fact, a cabal. They pretend to be at war with each other. And then they go out and have dinner with each other and half of their kids marry each other. Uh, and, and you just don't know about it behind closed doors. When they're out in, in public, they're yelling and screaming at each other and calling each other names and, and getting in a fight. And then afterwards, they laugh. It's, it is literally WWE wrestling. It's world wrestling entertainment and it's world politic entertainment. They should call it that. And it's just a game. That's why they call it a, a, a in fact, even Errol, the alien entity that didn't 
uh, give an interview at, after Roswell, New Mexico in 1948 that didn't survive because there was no spaceship that crashed and didn't give an interview uh, with a woman who just before she euthanized herself over in uh, Scotland or Ireland uh, when she was dying and she and suicide was assisted suicide legal. Um, she got the information out to the world and I did an entire 28 weeks on that entire uh, uh, interview with them. And, and it, it, they literally, she calls what their military force is literally a space opera. Okay. And what is an opera? Look that up. It's not it, it, it literally. Uh, so when people you hear rock opera, what is, what is that? It's a show. It's not even real. It's a show. An opera is a show. Operatic is not a military force. Right. Even though they have a military force, they don't consider it in because in the, they, they don't believe in anything spiritual, but they don't consider it anything real in any sense. Even they don't You have to realize that they even they believe that this is an illusion on some level of their belief, even though they don't believe in that they believe they're the gods. And then that they're older than all of time. That's what she said. She said, we are the gods. We are the ones who created really well, who created you. Never mind that now. Never mind that now. I got into a conversation with a person who claimed that she was uh, higher up than anyone else on earth uh, as a goddess, 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 goddess. And I said, who's above you? Uh, well, and then and then there's Jesus. Well, then who's above Jesus? Well, then and then there's and then there's God. Who's above God? Well, and there's nobody. Well, somebody is. There's a creator before that. Well, that's not God. God. That's not the creator of the universe. Well, then where is that person? How many levels above that is to where that person is? And you can never get any answer from these people. Okay. Oh, well, it's higher and higher, 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 higher. Well, how many hires? Right? Is it infinite now? Because infinity, that same person said that there was a difference between a small infinity and a big infinity. And I'm like, you do realize what that word means, right? The description of what infinity means. It means without end. So how can you have a small infinity? It's a matter of perspective. If you look at something that's microscopic, that doesn't mean that it's not infinite because it's microscopic to you. Because you're microscopic to someone else. That was the lesson of the the uh, the movies MIB Men in Black, where you know they kept showing first there was the 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 uh, uh, the people that were in the locker, and then of course it was the entire galaxy on Orion's belt. A cat was wearing a little pendant that had an entire galaxy in it. And opening up your mind to that concept, and Jay was like, you know, why are you like with these people in the locker? And and he's like, and Kay was like, you never, you never understand, do you? And he walks over to a door that says "Do not open," and he kicks it open, and they're inside of a locker in a larger reality. That is your perspective. Again, that was what that whole thing was about. This is where you have to open your mind up. This is the spiral that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay, guys. Uh, so you have to open up your mind and expand your consciousness. And this is what Raw is trying to teach in these lessons by trying to expand your beliefs and your ideology and realizing to think outside of this third dimensional box that they put you in that is a closed box that is only what they're feeding you, that is only the information that they want you to know. You need to expand your consciousness beyond that and, and stop looking at things. Someone once asked me, because I have two Christian titles, so right, uh, uh, you know, as far as uh, minister titles, I do. I was knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic uh, Church. So that gives me a minister title as a paladin, a holy warrior uh, in their military. Okay. Uh, and then 
I'm also have been ordained a minister from the Universal Life Church in Phoenix, Arizona, which gives me that title. And because of that, people are like, well, you're obviously Christian. Everything you're going to do is spinning towards Christianity. I'm like, no, no, I have I have titles. I also have a, a Druid title. I'm a Merlin. I have that title as well. And I have a, a Jedi title, Jedi Master title. That is an actual religion. You could look it up. It doesn't. It's not ex- accepted and it's not uh, observed as a religion in the UK or the United States, but it is everywhere else on the planet. Okay, and you can look that up. And they, and they actually, uh, if you're in New Zealand, you can actually put that. In Australia, you can actually put that on. Uh, and then now they're starting to accept that in the United States when you join the United States military. Uh, Michael, welcome, by the way, uh, and Michael uh, uh, Penny, I should say, welcome. Um, they're accepting that in the United States now. You can put Jedi, Jedi Knight, or Jedi Master as your religion in the United States. And I think the UK is opening up to that. So they don't recognize it as a religion yet, but yet they're allowing people because enough people are saying that they are. Okay. So I have titles in many different religions on this planet, not just Christianity. But people tend, you know, if I say the word Jesus, they just assume. Again, that's putting me in the in a position of uh, an adversary because they're of some other belief than just that one. And I'm not. If you listen to me speak, you're going to hear. I just literally opened the show by talking about uh, about the Viking religions dating back a uh, 100,000 years and what they call this time period. <laughs> that is what is called Christmas by the Christ mass, by the by the Judeo, Western Judeo-Christian uh, a, a pantheon. Uh, and, and I'm not, and I have a title there as well. That's because I've studied, I'm a theologian. I have studied religions worldwide my entire life, literally from the time I lived across the street from a Mormon church, literally kitty corner, caddy corner, depending on where you're from in America, kitty corner uh, from a parking lot was next to my house uh, on the right-hand side of my house. If you're standing facing the street from my house, and then the church was literally across the street from that, just to the right, because there's a house directly across the street and the church parking lot uh, was on next to me. And the church was across the street, you know, in the parking lot, which was next to the house across the street from me. So I grew up learning about the Mormon religion, their Christian version of the. And I said to my father, are we Christian? And he said, I was brought up Catholic. And I said, should I be a Christian or Catholic and call myself that? He told me, no, son, this is what you need to do. And he charged me with learn about all religions go to talk to their people, read their books, their scrolls, their Bibles, figure all of that out. I was like eight. From that point until this day, that is what I have done. So when people try to put me into a box and say, well, you're obviously Christian. Why? Because I said Jesus at some point, quoted Jesus. I also quote Muhammad. I also quote Thor. I quote Odin. I quote the Tao Te Chi. I quote the Buddha. So I quote Lao Chi. I quote the, the Buddha. I quote every Amorduk, I quote every religion on the face of this earth and part of their tolment. Egyptian gods and goddesses, Anubis, I talk about Thoth all the time. So I'm like, I say to people, how can you put me into a box? Because I said one word, that's you trying to become my enemy because you are obviously non-Christian. So somebody said to me, you know, you're obviously Christian. So how do you do uh, learn about these other religions without being askew towards Christianity? And I'm like, because um, Christianity is something that's new because I've learned there's older religions on the, on this earth and I hold titles in some of those religions because I have devoted my life as a theologian. That's what theology means. That's what a theologian is. And 
because of that, that gives me the unique perspective to then realize what, like, say, uh, uh, different people around the world, for instance, Joseph Campbell realized, and he was actually a, a Christian, a Roman Catholic, but he never talked about that. So no one knew that. I knew that. I didn't know him personally, but I, I've known people who did know him, and I've studied uh, his work for half my life. I found him when I was like 15. Uh, and then followed him as much as I could. And he wrote a book called The Hero of a Thousand Faces, which is huge, thousand pages at, or more. I don't know exactly how many pages are in it. And many people have it and don't realize that, that it's not just about uh, a mythology because mythology is, in fact, theology. It is, in fact, religion based in spirituality, always is. So if it's not military history, it's theology. And if it's theology or philosophy, it is based in a religious uh, or spiritual um, a practice at some point. All stories are. All stories actually are. So Ryan Michael says, Casey, definitely going to have to catch up on this uh, soon. Yeah, Michael, I apologize if you're here for the first time because you're like, whoa, right? Where, what is he talking about? Um, but you can go back, you know, we're on uh, class 20, right? But we're still on session 12. Uh, they are archived. They are on Facebook. They used to be archived on YouTube. Well, these ones are this version because I did the law of one before back in 2017, depending on what reality you're in, uh, because I started in 2016 uh, or 2017. And then it shows in this reality, if you find them, that it wasn't. There was actually a year uh, a difference. I started in 2018, which was bizarre because that's not when I started. So I had shifted realities. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to freak you out. But uh, you, you do that. People do that. You don't realize that you do it. I'm not going to get into that right now. So all of these religions not only affected each other or were influencing one another, they're all the same. And all of their, uh, their creative stories are all identical with slight variances. I've talked about this before with slight variances. And this is what Raw is trying to get across is expand your consciousness by realizing that the manifestation of the third dimension, the physicality of what's happening around you, including this dichotomy. Let's look at the, at the Asians with the yin and the yang, right? And, the, and I always say, depending on what you see as yin and yang, only because that's, that's not the way it is, the yin is the white and the yang is the dark. The yin is the feminine love, uh, nurturing energy and the darkness, the warlike, aggressive male energy is the yang. Uh, and most people don't realize that. And, and I try to, uh, to differentiate that and show you that is the same as the Kundalini energy. It is the same as the representation of the Japanese energy, which is the vibration that is they're showing you when you look at the circle that is in the center and you see the lines that are on the outside. Those are vibration uh, expanding out like a drop of water hitting. That's the spiral in their um, version of it. But they also realized that it was a vibration, a tone a sound as well as a physicality. So the Japanese uh, were representing that and showing a vibration reverbing out, not just on a physical spiral, but the actual reverberation of the sound. And that's why you have those, those lines that all line up and look like they're uh, getting louder because it's expanding uh, outward. And that is a representation of not just your consciousness, but of the sound, the cyclical nature of the universe. And you're supposed to realize that that is, 
is if you go to the culture of the Celts and the Vikings, it is the knot work. And the knot work is what? Two lines that are intertwined with one another. The Kundalini energy, the, the yin and the yang energy. It is the masculine and feminine energies that make up the whole, the one. And look at our uh, DNA. Our DNA is what? A double helix. It is two, uh, two literal bars of, of energy connected to one another, spiral, spiraling around each other. So in our physical DNA is the same representation of the cyclical nature of that spiral playing out that people draw in caves for thousands and hundreds of thousands of years worldwide. Uh, and uh, all of this representation in all of these um, pendants or um, pentacles or pentagrams or uh, any kind of I iconic, the star of David, the, the, uh, the Vitruvian man or woman, uh, these are all the same representation, the five-pointed star. They all represent the same mathematical qualities, which is literally the same thing. Um, the Star of David is literally a two-dimensional drawing of the heart chakra. Okay, If you look at the heart chakra in a three-dimensional drawing, it is literally the Star of David uh, expanded into a 3D model. I've shown you that. I did an entire... Um, two years ago, I think Casey saw that one. I think you might have been involved that year, Casey, because when I met you, right, two or three years ago. And um, I did a, a, a one hour um, uh, 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 a show on that or what we did a Earth Day show. And I did an entire hour talking about showing you all of these. Uh, figures uh, with the spiral and the, of the Fibonacci sequence and of the golden mean ratio and all of these symbols that the Vitruvian man, the star of David, the, the, the pentacle, the pentagram, the pyramid in the circle, they all represent the same mathematical equation and they all, right? Yeah, Peter says, I remember that because uh, that was the, that was the year, Peter, when uh, you were, your phone you were trying to get and meet your girlfriend. I think it was your girlfriend or your sister's your girlfriend, I think, uh, or your sister, somebody that you, and you're supposed to be meeting them at the ferry and you're running around the bus and she kept calling you and you kept knocking you off the air. That was funny. You were frustrated. The crowd loved it. The world loved it uh, because you'd be talking and, and you'd have that background on. You had the hologram background on while you're on the bus and walking and she would call you and you're like, woman, I am on the air. Please stop calling me. And she was mad because she didn't, and she, she kept calling you. It was hilarious. Anyway, I, I love you, brother. Uh, so so that, that is literally uh, Ra's trying to, along with all of the Ascended Masters on this planet, give you this information by showing it to you physically. But in the, in the universal mindset, the, the one true creator of the, of the universe is trying to do the same thing. Everything is playing out this dichotomy between good and evil, this, this alleged illusional battle that seems to be happening is the manifestation in the 3D reality of your spiritual fight that is happening, struggle that should be happening and is happening within your mind doing the Jung, Carl Jung's shadow work. Okay, what he calls the shadow work, uh, which was beautiful. That's why Carl Jung has the, the Jung Institute because of the ideology. Uh, and I think I, I talked about that when I was watching The Wizard of Oz. Uh, and there was uh, uh, different interpretations, and I was unaware of this, but I interpreted it uh, that it was uh, about the you know the way, uh, like the Tao Te Ching, and uh, 
when uh, when I was uh, uh, learning about that, someone said there, you know, there is a theory that uh, Carl Jung's ideology fits into that. So I looked that up and there was two, three theories, but the two biggest ones are one that has nothing to do with spirituality whatsoever. And, and this is the reason for that is if you're rooted in the three dimensions, everything, and this is what I'm getting at here, everything plays out for you wherever you are. Okay. If you are not spiritual at all and you are only third dimensional in your thinking, it's playing out for you that struggle and dichotomy that is the dance, the spiral, the cyclical nature of what you're supposed to be doing is there, right? Yes. Casey said, yes, we even noticed that the chakra colors are in the Wizard of Oz. Okay. Now I was told in this study that in the book, and I haven't read the book, so if anybody has, let me know. But in the book, originally the ruby slippers were all, were silver. And this is that guy, it hinges his entire theory that uh, the slippers were originally silver and that the Technicolor had just came into play. So they changed the slippers from, from silver to ruby. And I'm like, well, that's weird because why would, if that's the case, that the silver was we used to be on the silver standard and we were switching to the gold standard, then why is it called the yellow brick road and not the gold brick road? Why is it that people associate the color yellow with gold when there when there's a difference between the colors. Uh, and I noticed that in sports, it's the same way, even out here in California, which is called the golden state, the colors of the state of California are not in fact gold. They're in fact yellow and blue. So the golden state warriors, the basketball team that plays in San Francisco now that played in Oakland forever, but plays in San Francisco now, uh, their colors are yellow and blue, not gold, but the San Francisco 49ers their colors are are gold and red, not yellow. So they actually use the color gold. No one else does. They always use yellow. So now we're, we're trying to say that the yellow brick road represents gold in the gold standard, right? But it's yellow. It's the place of doing. And we talked about this. Casey and I talked about this, right? Uh, that it's the place of doing. The, the third chakra is yellow. Our sun is is a yellow ray sun and it is in the third dimension. So it is a third chakra vibration color. We are on the third planet from that yellow ray star called Sol, which means sun, which means yellow, by the way. Um, you can look those words up. So the vibration that is coming in and the star, by the way, that is our sun Sol that we call the sun is in fact not a yellow ray sun. Only in this reality, it's actually, their scientists have realized this now, it's outside of our phasing, and it is, in fact, a blue dwarf in the eighth dimension. So and if you get through the fourth, it changes color slightly, and it starts turning orange because it's moving up in the vibration to now the fourth, which is an orange ray, right? Because you're moving up the solar plexus towards the the uh, the heart chakra. So it goes yellow, orange, it goes red, yellow, or red, orange, yellow. And so it's the other way around. So it's starting to move into, I apologize, it's starting to move up into the blue range from yellow into the green, into the blue, into the green, or into the green and then the blue. So it's starting to change as you move up and then it's indigo, when you get into the eighth and that is in line with the with the chakras okay so the physical is manifesting in the reality the same way our spirituality and our physical body and the chakra points so uh weird that the silver doesn't play into that but they changed it to ruby red they could have picked any color 
and they used ruby red, which happens to be the base root chakra. Okay. And then all of the characters that are in there are, are literally uh, manifestations of uh, what she needed or what she was and what we all are or go through. Right. Think about that. You had the cowardly lion who was a, a lion by nature should be the strongest. Now, the weird thing is in the other theory that this guy was talking about, that it had nothing to do with anything besides uh, the the um, Wizard of Oz was, in fact, just uh, one of the presidents uh, that didn't become president who couldn't get the vote from the farmers. And that was the scarecrow who represented the farmer. And which is weird because at the end, I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. So in his theory, the scarecrow represented the farmer. The the tin man represented the um the uh, the the um, modernized uh, person who uh, who was uh, you know involved in um, business and and trade and all of that. Uh, that's why mechanized. That's why metal. Uh, and not in the farmer was simple. And so the farmer didn't have a mind because he was a, a the simpleton. And the mechanized guy didn't have a heart because he was uh, greedy and was all about himself and, and in service to self. Um, but he really wasn't, the character wasn't, but he was in, representing that. The lion didn't have any part weird that there was, he didn't explain in the theory that what the coward, uh, the cowardly lion was, where he didn't have courage and what the courage was. He didn't have, there was nothing for the lion. So the lion is just there now. And Toto uh, didn't represent anything either. Uh, and then uh, she was just a, a, a common person from the Midwest. That's why she was from Kansas. Uh, and, and that was it, a simple, a common person, common folk. And that the Wizard of Oz represented this guy who was uh, uh, in, in stature, really big, who was running for president, but he couldn't get the vote. Uh, so he was, uh, you know, he diminished. Uh, and that, that is what the entire thing was about. And it had nothing to do with anything else. On the third dimensional um, uh, level, of, of simple mindedness or of low, low vibration, that's accurate. And he's, and he said, uh, the other one was just Carl, Carl Jung's ideology. And the guy was seeking to just looking into and reading into way too complicated spirituality and it had nothing to do with anything. Uh, and in fact, we went over that Casey and I went over that with Peter. Uh, and, uh, we went over that and we showed that she's wearing the ruby red slippers. That is the base root chakra. The very first chakra, she had to align that chakra first. And then she's on the yellow brick road. She has to follow that to the Emerald city. The Emerald is the heart chakra, right? And that was where everything could be fixed was at that Emerald city. And if you look at the map, uh, a lot of people don't know this. There is a map, the map is square. And they, they said, well, that's represented by Washington, D.C. And uh, the city is in the center. And that's why that's the industrial. And that has nothing to do with anything but third dimensional. Uh, but the but all the colors were also represented uh, in the, the yellow, the orange, and going into the green, right? So the, so the red, the yellow, the orange, and the green, four different uh, uh, angles, four different triangles, making a square pointing inward to the Emerald City. And the Emerald City was in the center. That is the chakras leading to the heart chakra. That is all of the chakras going from the base root up to the heart chakra. And then the Emerald City was Oz. And then the, the Wizard of Oz was actually a, a man who was just trying to help the people, but he was pretending he was something that he wasn't. And then he explains away. He doesn't give them anything that they don't already have. And he shows, Ariel, welcome back, by the way. 
he shows them when he says courage, what it, they, you know, I knew a guy and he just explains to him how he already has courage and how he's shown courage and that all you need is a medal to fend on your chest. And I've seen these men and, and how does that have nothing to do with anything whatsoever? And then the heart, he doesn't have a heart. And he's like, what do you mean you don't have a heart? I'm the best people that I know and the simplest people and they have the biggest heart. And this is look what you've done to get here. And you've had the heart and you've stuck with, with Dorothy and you, and he explains to him and, and he venerates in him and aligns his shot. And then, uh, you know, yeah, I don't have a, a brain. What do you mean you don't have a brain? You're the one who was controlling everything and keeping everybody going and, and organizing everything. You have a brain. You were using your brain. You just need to accept it and realize it. And all of a sudden, he, you know, it pops off with the uh, base root of an isosceles triangle is the square root of the sum of the total of all of its parts. <gasps> you know, and then he realizes that he's smart. All of that was a realignment of the chakras because they did the shadow work. And then he claimed that the flying monkeys just represented uh, Native Americans and that they just did what they were told and they were being used by the system, which, which if you're a 3D focused person, then all of that resonates with you in that sense and it makes sense to you. If you're a spiritual person and, you're, and you have understood and opened and expanded your consciousness and your mind to the ideology that, Jung, that Carl Jung has, uh, I've been telling people about that the Tao Te Chi from Lao Chi has been telling you about that the Buddha has been telling you about or anyone else, Jesus Christ, Muhammad, Moses, Marduk, Thor, Odin, any of those people, Mao, any of those people. And they, Confucius. Right. Any of those people. Right. Have been telling you, you expand your consciousness, the Buddha expands your consciousness. And then, then you realize the spirituality of it. Why? Because it's in everything. We talked about this before in the Bible code, right? So, yeah, Casey said, wow, that's, that's really cool and interesting. Uh, a point of view that guy had about farmer industry and fear. Yes. And, and, uh, you, and you know what? I mean, on a 3D level, it, it, it does make sense. If you are literally locked into this 3D reality and that is what you're about and that you believe that politics uh, have it's not a religion in, in any way and that there is should be a separation between church, what you call church, because the, you see all of everything lumped into the good place that people worship some God and then uh, business, which should have nothing to do with any spirituality whatsoever because you don't then that makes perfect sense to you. And it's meant to. Do you understand? It's meant to because it's in everything. I talked about the Bible code and some guy who was trying to disprove the Bible code said, I used Moby Dick and used your same algorithm and I got the same answers. And I'm like, that's because it's in everything. The rabbis didn't say that because they didn't realize that. I think they have sense. But back in, in 20, you know, 2012, 2010, when they were researching this, they didn't know that. But I looked at that and said, that's because it is in everything. You could take any book and that message will be there in anything, in everything, because it is. And in, in when people write things, this is why uh, sometimes when we look into things and we go, wow, man, that made sense on a spiritual level. And if you talk to the writer, I've done this. I've written three books. People don't want to read them because they, they make you do work, right? One is telling you how to get out of debt if you are in the physical plane, and that is all your reality. And in that reality, to get out of debt, you can do it. Because you have to learn to play their game. And that's what I referred to last time when I said Donald Trump quoted my book because he said the same thing. Anybody can get out of debt anytime they want to. They just have to learn the game that is being played that has been set up by rich people to stay rich. And you can also get out of debt. That's true. I wrote a book about it. Okay. But you have to do some work. It's not free. 
right? If I wanted to get rich, all I would have to do is come up with a get rich quick scheme. I've said that for decades. If you want to get rich, literally the easiest way to get rich is to, is to invent a get rich quick screen a scheme and then uh, get, put a disclaimer on there saying this doesn't work out for everybody because you have to put in the time. And then you uh, pay a couple people to say that they got all kinds of money from you uh, doing that. And then you sell it for $50, charge people money for seminars. And I get rich by telling you how to get out of debt and how to get rich. Okay. You have to do the work, but if you do the work that I tell you to do, you will get rich. But the easiest way to get rich is just for you, to, for me to tell you, invent a way to get rich and sell it. And that's what people do on the line now all the time. That's why there's so many of them out that are telling you how you can get rich because they're selling you their get rich quick scheme, which is getting them rich. And that's telling you how to get rich and telling you how to tell other people how to get rich or not to tell it. Don't tell anybody this, but you can get rich by doing this. They're not doing that themselves because they're telling everyone, all of you to do it. So if they, if they literally were doing what they tell all of you to do, you're their competition now. And it's going to, they're not going to make as much money because they're teaching you how to cut into their action. Do you see? So I'm not going to be like this entrepreneur and get rich by buying and selling property and then teaching you how to buy and sell property unless I'm no longer buying and selling property because now you're going to be my competition. I'm going to run myself out of business. But these guys don't do that. Why is that? The only reason is because they're not doing what they're telling you to do. They're making money by selling you the idea and telling you how to do it. Do you see? So that's opening up and expanding your consciousness to understand what it is that they're doing, what they're doing while they're telling you how to do all this other stuff. Well, I did this and I got rich. Well, then why are you now telling me how to get rich? Because I'm trying to help you to get rich. No, you're getting rich by selling me that product. The product is how to get rich quick, right? So because my book wasn't a get rich quick scheme, people didn't want to read my book because I wasn't selling it to them as you're going to get rich if you do what I tell you. Even though I said that. But because I wasn't selling it like it was a get rich quick scheme and telling them you'll get rich really fast if you do this. Right. Literally, because I wasn't taking advantage of them, they weren't buying it. And people still don't. You can read the book and you can get out of debt. I'm out of debt right now. The only debt I have is a little bit of debt that I have on credit cards right now that I'm that, that's it. And I'm carrying that to keep my credit score up. You have to play the game. OK, so that is right there a representation in third dimensional reality of the spiritual uh, ideology of the shadow work and the realization of becoming, right? Becoming objective, right? Objective in your thinking instead of subjective. Subjective reasoning is submissive. You're a subject. You're being subjected to which means you're, you're literally submitting to someone else's rule and way of thinking, okay? To become objective is to call bullshit on everything they're saying. And how do you do that? Learning, reading, education, okay? Learn their system, learn what they're teaching you. And you can beat them at their own game or not play their game because now you don't have to, okay? And that is what expanding your consciousness. So that I just went down to the third dimensional level and explain to you the same thing that I explained prior to using the analogy of the chakras and the Wizard of Oz on a higher uh, expansion of consciousness. So I went from third, from 3D to 5D 
or I went the other way around. I went from 5D back down to 3D. Do you understand in my reasoning and my explanation? They're both parables telling you the exact same thing. So everything I said when I was when I was literally giving you the examples of the Wizard of Oz, I just said to you, giving you the examples of a get-rich-quick scheme. No different. Okay? So that is that is uh, the expansion. I know my web, my... Uh, uh, Internet is cutting in and out right now, so I apologize. I'm going to take a drink. So opening up and expanding your consciousness is what Raw is teaching throughout all of these lessons, giving you examples and taking you back at this point to the three-dimensional level and explaining the um, craft that is coming in and explaining the modus operandi, the MO. Uh, of the Orion Crusaders and how they change your consciousness and control through mind control, your consciousness and your perception of reality by recreating the reality for you in the way they want it to be. That is the trap, the trap of your mind that was set by the one true creator is this dichotomy, this yin and this yang, this third dimensional reality that's playing out before your eyes, this illusion this is what why Ra always refers to this reality that we call reality as an illusion is set up to teach you on a on a physical three-dimensional scale that which you're supposed to be learning on a on a higher scale spiritually. So where you are and, and all of the information is in uh, all those vibrations. So where you are in your vibration, whether it be lizard brain or whether it be literally of, of, you know, 5D ascension, you're going to see in the same story, the same message playing out in a higher vibration or lower vibration or everywhere in between, wherever you are, it is in everything. It is everything. And so be, and, and the, to recognize that thing is expanding your consciousness to the point of, uh, Penny says, I can't stay awake. That's okay, Penny. The good thing about this show is that it'll be on the air for you to listen to. Later, you just won't be live, right? I know it's late for you, so it's okay, right? Uh, you can, at your leisure, you just won't be able to ask questions live. You can always ask me questions later. So I love you. Thank you for being here uh, and uh, sleep well and have good dreams and dream about the law of one, <laughs> living the law of one and have a great night. So, the realization, remember I always say the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. That's on a third dimensional level, but it's also on a spiritual level as well. By knowing that the trap is the ego pulling you into the third dimension or the anti-dimension into believing that this reality or this illusion that we loosely call reality, thinking in your mind that it is real, is the trap. That is the trap that was set up, okay? And the prison is that. It's in your mind. You're supposed to be able to go within, learn the knowledge that gains you the access to go within, to raise your consciousness to a place above third dimensional reality. And, and doing so, you're moving up your chakras until you get to the heart chakra, and then you start going above that. Once you get to the heart chakra, it's almost impossible to go back. 
but you can everything anything could happen in your life that could close off and 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 not have your chakras aligned and and and, and miss up mess up your and block your chakras it's being you're being bombarded 24 7 uh, by your ego the external egos the the orion uh, crusader group and all people in service to self to keep you from expanding your consciousness because they don't want you to ascend they need you to stay here as a slave to them recycling over and over and never knowing so they've tried to block all access all memory eradicate it all this is what raw is warning about but all of that is supposed to be done anyways because in this place this is what happens so they've taken control of that narrative and there's the little truth with the lies that they're teaching and the lies they're teaching is that we're stronger than you there's more of us than you and this is me speaking from their perspective as being in service to self we control everything we can destroy you at will you have no will you have no hope you're hopeless you're alone you're you're completely weak and you're diminished and you have no power do what i tell you to do or i'll just kill you and they have you pulled down into the third dimension to where you believe that if they kill you you're over with do you see so that fear of death or their control or them wiping out your existence like somehow if they take away the the information and erase your name and all of that okay they did that to bob lazar in the 80s he said that the government i talked about that uh was was dealing with aliens and then he had found this particle that was given to us by the gray aliens called un un pentium and that he was working on that and he, they were literally transversing space and time uh, and then he showed his friends, there's going to be a spaceship that flies by here at exactly 730 every single night. Uh, and they'll turn on the lights uh, at, at Groom Lake and it'll fly by and then it'll take off. And he showed his friends, they got caught. And then he, they said he never worked for him. They erased his entire existence. Did he disappear off the face of the earth? Nope. He's still alive today. And in fact, he's still doing scientific research. He's just not working for the cabal anymore. Okay, so they they eradicated everything. They said he didn't go to the school he went to. They erased him from existence. He had no bank account, no credit, no name, no past. All the schools from elementary, kindergarten, elementary, high school, junior high, college, everything was erased. The government erased him like as if he didn't exist and told everybody, I don't know who that crazy man is. He doesn't exist. But it didn't change that he was still alive. He ignored them. In fact, he just went and started recreating his life and calling himself Bob Lazar still. And was able to have identification, eventually got a social security number again, blah, 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 the whole nine. And to this day, he's still Bob Lazar. But everything that he claimed was eradicated so they can say, look, there is no proof of it because it's there somewhere. That was the story of Tron in the old movie that Jeff Bridges was in back in the eighties that they made a video game out of, or maybe it was the other way around. They made the movie from the video game. I don't remember which. And that's what they were doing with it. They stole his, the guy stole his, his, all of his games and said he created them and erased what that Flynn uh, uh, made them and took all the credit and got rich. And Flynn was hacking into the computer because he knew somewhere in the memory someplace was the was the proof that he had created all of that and that it was him that did all of that and that, that guy stole all of the money and, and became the ceo of the company and eventually utilizing the tron program and eventually getting sucked into the computer world himself 
and going and defeating the master control program, all of that, I'm not going to get into right now, but that entire movie should be broke down. Jeff Bridges is a, a brilliant actor who every movie he's ever been in has been a spiritual journey far, far greater than anyone could imagine in every movie that he's been in, including the old man that he's doing now, this television show. He never does anything that is just mundane. And I know he's aware of it because he was in The Giver. He and, and he was in, you know, every movie I could, The Star Man, every movie that I can, that I can remember of his on a spiritual level was very awake. Uh, I don't know if he was aware of it. I think he was even the big Lebowski uh, on a 3d level is very simple. And it's this drunk guy just trying to get his, his pay. And, he, you know, and these guys think they got his dope and, uh, and his money and, and this, and then these guys, him and Steve Buscemi and, and what's his name? I can't think of his name right now that, uh, uh, John Goodman, uh, you think they're just a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, guys that are just uh, potheads, drunk and and useless, and and they're just on a 3D quest to clear his name, and and on a three-dimensional level, that is all that is about. But on a spiritual level, that's a completely different storyline of what's happening there. But it's playing out the same thing and manifesting that way. And I, and it wasn't designed that way. I believe thoroughly because of the universal mindset and this is what raw is trying to teach the that the universe itself whether you know this and i said that about my writing when i was writing uh in my books that uh things that i wrote in there later on i was like crap i gotta go back and change that now because i i didn't realize i needed to set up something that i'm doing in chapter four uh, in chapter one and i go back to chapter one and realize that subconsciously i had set that up was that me? No, I, I don't believe that it was because when I was writing, I was channeling. Well, to, come to find out that Orion Rising, the book, which is the cover that you see up there in the top right-hand side of your screen, that's the logo of my, and the cover of my book, that literally everything that happens in that book is happening and has been happening in real life in this country and in this world. Okay, so the names are changed just like the scrolls. The names of the characters have changed, but that the storyline that is happening in Orion Rising, okay, the storyline that I wrote, I wrote that book back in between 2012 and I think I published it in 2015, okay? And if you, in fact, if you watch the first like uh, five or six years of, of Ancient Aliens, it's all represented in, in that book. And all of Ancient Aliens even to now is represented in that book because it's about, it's called Orion Rising for a reason. And it's literally about the physical three-dimensional war that's coming, that is happening, that is the temporal war. And I didn't get involved in that in the first book. It's in the second and the third book, which are, I, I don't know if I'll ever publish. I may. Uh, it depends. If if uh, I'll put it down to quickly put it down to uh, to storyline. If anyone picks up the script for either the television show or a movie and wants to make a movie out of it, they'll probably just steal the concept and do it. Somebody will just rewrite it. They did that to Mel Gibson not too long ago with a couple of things he was filming. And Hollywood got a hold of his script and quickly made the movie and got it out before he could. They did the same thing with a bunch of, uh, of things that, uh, in Hollywood that happens all the time uh, to where you, you see a movie come out and it came out and this big production came out. And this other movie got, was, was thrown together quickly that came out prior to that. Uh, that was the same storyline. Um, you know, Deep Horizon and uh, uh, what was the other one? I can't think of the name of it, uh, which was about the same thing about the underground, underwater uh, excavation and uh, alien contact underwater. And one was a huge production uh, and they got the other one out uh, just as quickly or quicker. Uh, the other one was um, 
Deep Impact and uh, and the one with uh, where they went to space to to take out the the uh, meteor strike that was going to hit the Earth. They stole the script from them and got the movie out with nobodies on a low budget as fast as they could to uh, to steal the ideology. Uh, and say that it was theirs because they knew the other movie was going to be uh, ginormously huge. So they do that all the time. So, um, so the so I believe getting back to that, I believe that uh, that while I was writing, I was channeling, and I and I realized that early on in my writing abilities, I would put on uh, music usually ninety nine point nine percent of the time classical music on headset. And then I would um, I would have a concept I would draw up ahead of time of the characters and what I wanted them to do or uh, what uh, basically their character and what who the character was uh, and and uh, then the concept of what I wanted to do and then all of a sudden it would start playing out like a movie in my head and I would just literally type or write down uh, yeah the Big Lebowski uh, I'll get to that in just a second because your Casey's making a comment about it um, and yeah and she said about Jeff Bridges too I'll, I'll read those both to you in a second so. Um, I, I literally would see it happening in my head and I like a movie and I would just start typing uh, exactly what it was that was playing out in my head and, and that I was seeing. And um, was that me just uh, turning that um, creativity on or was that coming from the universe? I don't know. But when I wrote the law of one, uh, it, it literally is the preface to the temporal war and uh, that, that, you know, you know, girl power, if you're in the third dimension, because in all of the teams, there are just as many, if not more women than there are men that are, you know, combat soldiers and really good at what they fucking do. And you don't realize in the first book that that most of the people that you're seeing, other than a few people that are the stars, are in fact aliens. They're human, but they're not from Earth at all. And they're here fighting with the coalition. Okay. And um, I knew about the coalition then, but I didn't realize that that was playing out exactly the way my book was playing out, where there's literally a war going on, just like the men in black represented, okay? That there was stuff going on right before your eyes, right in the middle of, right in front of your eyes that you don't see or don't realize because your perception is askew and you don't realize that something that you see, just like uh, they showed you in the first movie of Men in Black, where Jay, uh, in the beginning, was just a cop and in this three-dimensional reality until he chased down a cephalopoid <laughs> on foot. And they were like, how did he do that? And, and they were like, I don't know, but he chased it down. Nobody could do that because they're, they're like come from a planet where the gravitational uh, uh, pull is less. So they had all kinds of energy. Well, anyway. Then uh, when when they went to the shop and the alien, he blew the alien's head off and it grew back and all of that. And then he went outside and he looked around and he started seeing, seeing for the first time because he had expanded his consciousness to the possibility and was realizing that man is actually an alien, but he looked like a human being. And he was, in fact, not. And when he went outside, he started looking around with new eyes, with the eyes to see which is written in all the scrolls. He who has the eyes to see or the mind to, to, to see or the ears to hear, let him have the understanding, right? With these are the same clues. Uh, he walked outside and he's over here. He sees an alien over there. He sees an alien over there. He sees an alien. And uh, then by the time, you know, the, all of that happens and he takes him back to the station the next day and he sees all of the aliens. It doesn't freak him out as much as it would. And he literally says to him, at, you know, at one point, you know, None of these people know about it. And a day ago, you had no idea that this even existed. 
you thought we were alone on this planet. But he knows different now. So that was showing you the expansion and the and uh, oh, expanding your consciousness. That was what that entire lesson was about in that movie, uh, whether you get it or not. Do you see? All right. So Casey said, I agree. I think Jeff, Jeff Bridges knows what he's really going what's really going on. I agree with you. I, I've always thought that when I saw Starman, I was like, he's got to know. He's got to think this stuff because he's playing the part and he's and he's believable, you know, and, and he can't be that you know, um, unawake. Right. Um, and then she says, Casey says my brother's favorite movie, the big Lebowski. I love the big Lebowski. Uh, and he had no clue how spiritual it was. Right. You're talking about your brother. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, some people, they just on a third dimensional, it'll resonate with them. It was just like that movie with my cousin, um, uh, uh, uh Mickey Rourke, where a barfly, uh, on a 3d level, he was just some drunk writer who was had mental block and couldn't write and he was an alcoholic and he was going to the bar all the time getting drunk all the time and never eating any food and his journey uh and uh, eventually he faces his uh biggest arch enemy and he ends up get, you know eating one sandwich and gaining the the strength that he needs to knock the guy out uh and because of the the change in his life he's able to then go on and write his book well, on a 3D level, that means nothing. He's just some drunk who was down on his luck. It was a bar fly and had to have something jolt him into reality uh, to continue. And if that's where you are in your vibration, that's where the story is going to ring true to you. Do you see? But if you're, if, if, if you're in a spiritual mindset, you're going to catch the nuances that are there for you to see in the vibration that you're in. Again, I go back to the Jedi, but it's not just Jedi, but it was famous quote by Obi-Wan when he was, you know, Ben Kenobi, when he was dead to Luke, when Luke was on Hoth training with, uh, with uh, 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 Yoda. And he said, Luke, you have to realize that all the truths we cling to depend greatly on a certain point of view, because wherever you are in your vibration is what you're going to fall back on as your standard of understanding. Luke not being as spiritual minded and as wise as Yoda or as, as Obi-Wan was looking at it from a 3d standpoint and he was hadn't transitioned yet. And that's why he failed when he went into the cave and fought himself. That was supposed to be him facing his darkness, the shadow uh, first introduction into shadow work on a spiritual level for the adept who is, you have to remember that the Jedi in that, in those books, they, they downplayed it in the movies and, and how much of it was an actual religion. In the, in the movies, they called it this, this, old, uh, this old religion that was hokum. Remember? All this hocus pocus and stuff. That, so they, they mention it in Star Wars, which is episode four. It's the fourth book, which they played that movie first because the, the other books wouldn't have been caught anyone's attention. So they went straight to the middle of the war because they were going, trying to get a third dimensional reality pulled up spiritually. And if they would have started with the first book and the second book and the third book, that's already spiritually awake. So they went to Luke, who was not, and his journey from being a third dimensional young boy, because he was, he was 14, 15 years old in the book, but they showed him at 17 in the movie. He was 15 and he, the whole thing started when he was 17, when he ends up going, uh, leaving with, when his, when his uncle dies, 
<laughs> that in the book, it's it's uh, in the book, it, it it shows a little bit more of the timeline where it gets to 17. In the movie, they start him right at 17 years old. <clears throat> and his journey spiritually until he never really finishes his journey until just before he dies in the in the uh, second to the last movie. OK, uh, and he realizes that he leaves. Right. He leaves because he failed uh, and he's hiding uh, uh, and he's given up the whole uh, Jedi way and the spiritual way. Uh, and even then he still learns. And the last lesson that he learns is from Yoda is uh, that, first of all, all those books don't mean shit. Right. And that was the same lesson that the Sufi learned that uh, it trying to learn to be awake your entire life. And you read all these dusty old tomes. And then eventually when you do wake up, you realize it's in everything. So you don't have to read any book because it's in everything in front of you. It's in every sound. It's in every vision that you see. It's in everything. It's in every tree. It's in every plant. It's in every human. It literally is playing out in, on every level in front of you. That was, again, go back, digress to the matrix. When, when Neo realized that and then he saw zeros and ones and ones and zeros because that was his realization that it literally is in everything and that all of this is an illusion. And that was what that represented on a three-dimensional level. It's, it's just him seeing the computer. Okay. So on that level, you're like, wow, man, he sees the computer now and he realizes he's in the computer program because he's awake. Well, there you go. Because he's awake, he realizes that everything is an illusion. <laughs> so let's pull that up to 4d and 5d because he's awake he realizes that his reality is an illusion and that he is in fact not really there and occupying that illusion that he's actually somewhere else an immortal soul somewhere else. That is what that whole entire scenario was about. And the same realization for Luke Skywalker, when he said, I'm going to destroy the books and then Yoda destroyed them and it made lightning strike the tree and burn them down. And he was like, that was all the books. And he's like, they, it, you, every there's nothing that that girl can learn from any of these books that she doesn't already know. She had already surpassed Luke's spiritual uh, ideology, and he realized that then. And he then that's when Yoda said to him, "A master's one regret is that eventually the student outgrows the master. One can only hope." that one can learn from the student from that point on. That is learn, teach, teach, learn. That raw is trying to teach us. Learn, teach, teach, learn. You, you are The only way you can be a teacher is to be a student. And the only way you can be a student is to be a teacher. Learn, teach, teach, learn. So as a teacher, you hope that people send past you because that means that you have passed on what you have learned to them and that's taken them less time to learn what it took you years longer to learn in the hopes that then they will then pay it forward and do the same. So the next generation takes less time than the generation before it to get to that, because that's not what's been happening here. Do you see? It has on a very small scale. And those are the onesie twosie people throughout time that are still listed in our time period as, this, as a masters, Jesus, Muhammad. Moses, Marduk, Thor, Odin, these wise people, Confucius, Lao Chi, the Buddha. Let's come forward into our time. 
Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, right? Even John F. Kennedy got assassinated for his wisdom. So these people in the modern era will go through time and become larger after we're gone than they are now because they are just as wise or were and died for their ideology in a spiritual sense. Freedom, independent thought, independent religion, independence, equality, not equity, equality in every way. And they died for it. Stephen Biko, his name's not remembered right now. Everybody remembers Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela was Stephen Biko's underling, his student. Stephen Biko was murdered. They said it was a suicide, just like uh, what's his name, Epstein or whatever, or whatever the guy's name was that supposedly hung himself in his uh, cell. And, it, and all the autopsies looked like he was strangled. Uh, Stephen Biko supposedly hung himself in his cell with his shoelaces. Why would he do that? He wasn't suicidal and he was on a mission, right? He was killed because of his beliefs. Nelson Mandela was also in prison at the same time. He stayed in prison, didn't kill himself. They didn't kill him because he wasn't Stephen Biko and they underestimated Mandela. And they didn't think Mandela was going to take up uh, his mantle because he pretended that he was not going to. <clears throat> he was complying until he didn't have to. And eventually apartheid was ended. Nelson Mandela became the president of South Africa. Okay. But he had to do that. If you watch the, the, you know, the last samurai or, or the, uh, the, the movie with, um, um, Clive Owen, where it's the same story, uh, of the Ronin, uh, told in a different uh, way where they're knights in a faraway land, but they were actually the, the, it's the story of the 47 Ronin. And, uh, it, they, uh, you know, in the, in the story of Ronin, if you watch the movie with Keanu Reeves, it's the same, uh, is a, is a, a Japanese story uh, of something that happened in real life. They claim it doesn't matter if it happened in real life or if it didn't, because the story is sound and it's these 47 men and Ronin is what you're called. It was a movie called Ronin, by the way, uh, which is about a bunch of hitmen uh, who were, uh, undercover. Uh, and it was a great movie, uh, with, uh, um, uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, De Niro, he played an Irish uh, um, hitman. As it turned out, he wasn't. In fact, it was he was CIA. Um, or no, he did play CIA, but he was supposed to be X and he was a Ronin. They called him, the movie was called Ronin because he, he was, they were calling him Ronin. And Ronin is a Japanese word that means uh, um, uh, a masterless samurai. If your master gets killed, then all the samurai that were uh, his uh, servants or his military are now Ronin and they're supposed to commit suicide. And some of them didn't. And they became uh, mercenaries with well, this 47 Ronin, uh, which Keanu Reeves was in the movie, uh, 47 Ronin went undercover and fled um, uh, into the reality and uh, became drunken debauchery and all this. Uh, and they did the same thing with Clive Owen, uh, where they were knights and it was uh, set in Europe and um, he was drinking and whoring around and wrecking his life and everybody was wrecking their lives. And some of them went to work and they were, uh, and that was the same story of the, of the three musketeers. Okay. Or once upon a time in China and the musketeers were disbanded and they all were, uh, were outlaws and they all went underground and they took off their uniforms and hid all of their weapons and, and bid their time until they could then, 
uh, uh, either free their master or avenge their master. And those are all the same stories uh, the, that were based on the 47 Ronin uh, from the ancient Japanese tale. Those books are become movies and have been told over and over again, uh, literally are that story. Uh, and it's the same story as King Arthur, I hate to tell you. <laughs> and King Arthur's men and them being disbanded and him being discredited and uh, and uh, willowing, wallowing and and one true uh, soldier, one uh, spiritually minded uh, a person who stayed the course, the youngest of them all. Uh, and the same D'Artagnan is the same hero character that was Percival, the same hero character that was the Ronan. I forgot what his name was. Uh, the one that, 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 that Clive Owen played and the one that uh, Keanu Reeves played. Uh, the Last Samurai is the same story. But that happened. these happened in real life over and over throughout history. And then we're told and are still told to this day. And, uh, you know, King Arthur's scenario happened in real life. Uh, and, you know, all these scenarios played out in real life. But that's the hero of a thousand faces. They're all the same story that's playing out. The same thing happened with Thor. Thor was what? Discredited, disowned by his father. His powers were stripped. His immortality was stripped. He was forced to live in squalor on earth as a, as a mortal until he was able to uh, prove himself to his, to his father. Um, the same thing happened to, to um, what's his name? Um, Constantine. Constantine fell. He was immortal, though. So he stayed alive forever. He couldn't die. And then they moved the movie Constantine about his final struggle uh, and his shadow work to his reascension. And so all of these stories play out over and over and they're in everything. And I could give examples forever of the exact same struggle, which is showing you the cyclical nature of somebody learning about themselves bettering themselves, expanding their consciousness and their spirituality, becoming more in service to others and learning about themselves. Their own love is right. One didn't have a heart. And what was the heart? The heart chakra. You have to align the heart chakra. So you have to find your love, uh, the, find your mind. He who has the mind to, 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 uh, to, to see, to knowledge, the knowledge. Uh, of of what the journey is, right? You have to physically do that. So you have to have the courage to do so. So all of these things that are playing out in the Wizard of Oz are all of these same things that play out in you and me. There's a person literally that just did that on in my group, uh, the uh, Psychic Reading and Development group, where he literally talked about, I don't know if it was because he heard me, but he literally was telling the, the same theory about the uh, Wizard of Oz in that every character in there is a is a, a representation of you, of me. So they were all of Dorothy's psyche and of Dorothy's personality, uh, but Dorothy represents us, you, me, everybody. And our journey on the yellow brick road, our journey in the, in the yellow ray place of doing on this earth in this illusion, uh, and here it's playing out in front of us. She has the the evil witch. After she kills one witch on accident, the evil witch is trying to get her, and she has the shoes and can't get them. So she has to kill her to get the shoes, and she can't do it. So she's employing her minions uh, uh, to do it, uh, to try and get her, because she's trying to get her to get out of the shoes. And the entire time, that's her having to go through the shadow work, and the trickster being Toto is the ego. And Toto keeps the storyline going by getting her in and out of trouble over and over uh and and that is a, a portion of herself toto represents a portion of her 
Uh, and so does the Cowardly Lion and the Tin Man and the Scarecrow. The, the mind, right? Clear the mind and the rest will follow. Have the courage to then think and think because you have to and be objective instead of uh, stuck on one path uh, and, and see all of the things and learn to love yourself and everyone around you and to be forgiving. So when she met the Wizard of Oz, instead of getting angry with him for trying to uh, to cheat and pretend he was something that he wasn't. She forgave him instantly when he went, well, I'm not all of that, but you know, I'm trying to be this thing for all of these people. So he was in service to others, not in service to self, but she thought he was in service to self at first, but she had expanded her consciousness enough to not scold him and to give him the benefit of the doubt. And then he turns out to be a great man and he's trying to help her. And then Toto once again, jumps out of and to go after the cat. And she has to jump out of the balloon, and the balloon takes off without her. And you, and and now he can't come back. So now, she, then all of a sudden, the witch of the the good witch shows up and says, "You could have left whenever, but you had to go on this journey yourself." So how can that have nothing to do with a spirituality when literally the guy ignores when the when the witch of the west or east or whatever she was? I think she was the the witch of the east. Yes, because the wicked witch of the west. She was the witch of the east, which again aligns with the planet and Mecca and everybody facing east and the the, the pyramids and the and the literally the Sphinx facing east and Easter Island, the Hapanure. Or the, or the, I said that wrong. I said that backwards. Uh, the, the, it took the, the, the big uh, columns of people, and they're all facing east. Why is everything facing east? And then when this guy writes this, he's writing it in the third dimension. But yet, it's the eastern uh, uh, witch who shows up, who's the good witch, and she says, "You could have left at any time, uh, Dorothy, by just clicking your feet and believing." But she had to believe, so she had to go on the journey to expand her consciousness to the point where she then could realize and acknowledge and opened up her mind to everyone here is going to be okay now because that she has had an effect on everyone here that in a good way and she's leaving people behind and the wizard saw that and said you will listen to these three men uh, you know, the scarecrow and the, the tin man and the lion as if it were me. And they are the generals of, of goodness. And so then she was able to leave. And then all she had to do was believe that by clicking her feet together and saying there's no place by it like home, she would manifest in that back in that reality. And that's, in fact, what happened. But the, the good witch said you could have left whenever, Dorothy. You just had to go on this journey yourself to realize it. And you can go home whenever you want to. Okay, so all of that is her aligning her chakras and going from the red ray uh, base root chakra and aligning her chakras all the way to the heart chakra and 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 then uh, coming back to this reality. So there's still work to be done to go from the green of the heart, the emerald of the heart chakra, uh, you know, up to the indigo and into the purple and then eventually to the light to the white light of the being of the oneness so she was literally more than halfway there into the heart chakra and that is again the the third ray going into the fourth and that's where we are the third dimension the third ray place going into the fourth uh, into the heart and until we uh, access the heart chakra and expand our consciousness to that to that love we will never go into the fourth. And then people think, well, we're just transitioning to the fifth. Well, in, in one little third dimensional 
reality, you're right. The consciousness is expanding in a way into what you would call from that 3D reality, 5D reality. But the truth is you're only moving into 4D because you have to go into the love. And that's why the age of Aquarius is the age of love. And the only way you can do that is to what? Go back to the base root and accept the two uh, energies that all the Japanese knew about, the Chinese knew about, uh, all of the every single religion knew about, including the Vikings with the yin and the yang, the spiral of the of the spirals that you see it everywhere. The Aborigines, the Aborigines in North America, South America, in in the, the Aborigines in Australia, with the, all the spirals all, all the way into the Europe and and uh, all the Vikings in Northern Europe with the with the knot work and the spirals and the Kundalini energy, and align your chakras from that base root through this yellow ray, go, going red, orange, yellow and then into the heart chakra and expanding that and crystallizing that. That is where we are as an entire species currently is it is learning that feminine energy. We've moved away from the warlike energy of the masculine. And we're uh, in, in, that's why women are becoming less feminine and becoming more masculine. And men, men are becoming just as less masculine and more feminine and eventually we're going to reach an equilibrium uh, but it's not going to be in this androgynous yet that everybody is saying well then men will become women and women will become men well compared to the 3d reality of men being on one extreme and women being the complete opposite extreme men being aggressive male warlike and women being you know feminine and uh, nurturing caring and loving yes but there's going to be a common ground and that is when the only place where you can then align that heart chakras because you have to balance both of those energies, masculine and feminine. And this is what Ra is teaching us in this time, in this place, in this vibration. You see? And then it expands beyond that. And anybody who can see that, and that's like I, I told you about the, you know, if you look at... Uh, uh, the different songs and different books and movies. Let's get into the, to the vibrations now again uh, of these different bands, the Eagles and these different bands and, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, Beatles and, and, and Led Zeppelin and all these bands from around the world. And then you see that they had expanded their consciousness to realize uh, that a tool uh, that there was an, a consciousness above the heart uh, and how that expands out into the universe. Uh, but we're not there yet. We can imagine it now and we can expand our consciousness to the ideology of it, but we're not to that place yet, but we're moving into as a whole entire society into that green ray chakra of love. Do you see? And so all of these movies and all these things on a level are becoming apparent that that's the message. Why is it becoming apparent to us? Because it's becoming knowledge that we're accepting and starting to see as a whole. That doesn't mean there's not a vibration above that because there is. And that these are some of the things that I talk about and teach, but I can say that just like all these other people. But if you're not ready to, again, if you're not ready to hear that, you're going to think I'm crazy and talking uh, craziness. Some people listen to me now and think I'm talking craziness because what I'm saying is vibrating above where they are spiritually. Some people are, are seeing that and realizing that, oh, wow, yeah, I'm starting to get what he's saying. Or some of you come in here and say, this is, isn't this basic? <laughs> because you're already past where I'm talking. 
when I'm talking about this, but I, what I'm trying to do is uh, again, I'm trying to help pull people by constantly diving down to that third dimensional vibration and then pulling people with me and then moving the vibration back up. That's why if you literally pay attention to what I do, you will see me dip down and come back, dip down and come back. And every time I change a parable, I'm in a different vibration going all the way to lizard brain. I talk about politics and all of that. It ticks everybody off. And then I yank you away from that and start pulling you and enforcing. And sometimes it gets past where you're at. You refuse. You're like, I'm not going any further. I'm out of here. Because that change is uh, is scary. It's designed, first of all, it's designed to be hard. But secondly, the, the people who are controlling the narrative are making you believe that your any change from that reality is taboo, evil, scary, don't do it, it'll wreck your soul, it's a lie, it's the devil, it's demons, whatever they want to tell you to sell you into believing that the only thing that is real is what they tell you is real. And that is sit your ass in my seats, give me fucking money so that I don't have to fucking work for a living. I can live in a big house and a big mansion and have cool clothes and a lot of cars and have all kinds of money. Uh, and depending on the religion I'm in, I can either have a hundred kids or I can have and not have to have any kids, but either way, I don't really have to do anything and you're paying for it all. Uh, and I'll, and I'll give you this cycle of, of knowledge that just is repetitive that gets you nowhere that you can always have this vision in your head that you, if you're good enough and pray enough that you might get yourself into heaven. Do you see? And in, in, even in Christianity, they'll, they'll teach you if you don't accept Jesus into your heart, when he comes, you don't get to go. I literally, my brother-in-law said that to my sister. She was like, John said to me that if I don't have, if I accept the Jesus into my heart, when Jesus returns to take everybody, I'm not going to get to go. And I'm like, well, first of all, Jesus is not coming back. He said that. <laughs> he said that. You literally, I have done my work. God has come halfway to you. You have to meet God halfway. Those were Jesus's words. Jesus didn't say, I will return to come get you. Okay. So, but they're teaching that that's what Jesus is doing. The rapture, when God's going to come as a thief in the night, that whole purpose of coming as a thief in the night, there again is the shadow work, the night. Okay. Only by doing the shadow work, only by being in the night. That is the, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That is, I am going through the shadow, doing shadow work, but I will fear no evil. What is evil? Evil is your ego. I will not fear my ego because fear itself. There is nothing to fear but fear itself. That was a quote from a famous human being in 3D reality, the president of the United States. But that was what that meant. It was the same thing. Fear, and that was what uh, what uh, Paul Atreides said in Frank Herbert's Dune, fear is the little death. Fear is the mind killer. That was his thinking. He realized that fear itself was the, the thing that is killing you. Ego is fear. Ego is everything that is negative, and, and fear is from ego. Okay. When people are aggressive towards you physically, it's because they're afraid. All aggression comes from fear. Fear comes from your ego talking in your ear, the devil on your left shoulder. So 
the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence, knowing that it, what the concept is, that is the knowledge that is the key that Jesus spoke of and that all other uh, masters are trying to speak of. Lao Chi explained it when the guy said to him before he was leaving to go out of the gate to go and die. Uh, he said, please give me this information and so I, your philosophy so I know. And that's when he was trying to tell him, but he was being, again, esoteric. Uh, and, you know, cryptic. And he said, um, you can build a vessel, a cup or, a, or, a, or a, a, a jug. And the jug itself isn't as important as the space that is inside it. And what can it hold? You can build a house. The house itself is only worth as much as the house is. But what's more important is the space inside that you fill and what you fill it with. Okay, And that is literally saying to look within yourself. Your body is the vessel. Jesus said that when he said, I'm going to wreck this temple, raise it to the ground, and then rise it up again. There's a difference between raising something. Raising, in our words, is we use the word raise and rise as something that moves upward. It's not. To raise a building meant to destroy it to the ground, to raise it to the ground. To rise up is the opposite of, of being destroyed. And he said, I will raise this temple to the ground and rise it up again in three days. And they thought he meant the temple, the church, the synagogue that he was in. He was talking about his vessel because he was showing on a 3D uh, reality the sacrifice that you must learn to be a, become in service to others by opening and expanding and, and crystallizing your green emerald city, emerald ray chakra and, and being in service to others and, and being over 51% in service to others. And that is just as hard as being 90% evil. <laughs> okay. So, and that is what Raw literally talks about in service to others. 51% you can ascend and leave this planet. It's hard to achieve that. 51% because you're being bombarded by your ego, fear, aggression, all of those things that lead to the dark side. The force is literally telling you the yin and the yang. It's literally telling you the, the shadow work. The shadow is the dark side. The Sith Lord, there's always only one, an apprentice. That's because the ego and who the ego is teaching. Do you see? So there's only ever one Sith, but the Jedi are everyone else. Why? Because the Jedi are 90% of the population, and then you have the, you know, or 99% of the population in service to others, and the Sith who are the truest evil, there's only one. And then an apprentice, who eventually will kill the one and become the one. And that's the way the people who are in service to self act. There can only be one person in charge and everybody wants to be it. And everybody's killing each other off in some way, whether it's physically doing it or whether it's politically doing it or business wise, they're taking advantage and finding a, a way to, to get that person out of power so they can be in power and they do it to each other. So one thing you can count on with people who are in service to self is that they cannot work together for any length of time. They will eventually turn on each other and eat each other. Because there can only be one. But people who are in service to self, everyone is one. We are all one because we're working for the all. 
So it's far easier for everyone who is in service to others to get along. And the people who are truly in service to others, they don't understand the concept of why someone would do something evil like that because it's completely outside their understanding. So even being completely in service to others in and of itself and being completely locked into that is turning off the possibility of the other. And the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So the only way that you can truly <clears throat> know and expand your consciousness is to acknowledge the yang to the yin. You have to learn both. You have to have that balance. So you have to know it. You don't have to be it, but you have to know it. And this is why it's playing out in a physical way. It's forcing you to see it by having it happen to you. So there is no war between good and evil. There's never going to be a time when good is going to, in a 3D reality, in a 3D reality, defeat evil. Because it's not where it's supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen individually on the inside. That is part of what you're supposed to learn, is that everything that's happening and playing out in front of your eyes in this illusion is only there as a manifestation to constantly remind you that you're supposed to be fixing that dichotomy in yourself and once you do you're not affected by the other as much it still tries to attack you but you're not affected because you see it you are aware of it so then you avoid it the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence when you learn what they are you can't unlearn what you've learned but to learn that you can't unlearn what you've learned you have to unlearn what you learned so therefore, all you think you know, all you know or think you know is, is wrong. There's the willow uh, whole entire movie. <laughs> Do you see? Go back and watch the just the, the trailer for willow. And you'll hear that. Okay? So that's the first step in avoiding a trap. You have to learn what it is that is happening to you. Acknowledge it. And by doing so, that's learning the knowledge. That's the key. That's when Jesus said, the way to heaven is through me. It wasn't because you have to follow Jesus and accept Jesus in your heart. Although that whole entire concept is love because that Jesus came from the fourth dimension, which is the fourth chakra, which is love, which is the heart chakra. And that's where Jesus ascended to when he left here. Right back to the love chakra. Okay. And that was what Jesus was teaching was love. And that's why uh, 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 John Lennon was teaching and wrote the song, All You Need Is Love. Because John Lennon understood that and was teaching, all you need is love. Once you expand that consciousness within yourself, this is why people who go to churches, okay? This is why people who go to churches, even if they're not, and they just, I don't want anything to do with the evil. Well, what happens? You, you're going to church. You start whatever the church is whatever the religion is, you start getting around people that are like-minded and you're finding that there's less and less people who are in service to self who are involved in that. And guess what happens? Yet now your circle has become less and less exposed to people who are in service to self and you, uh, you like it. Your energy changes. Everyone around you, energy changes. This is why when people say, so I shouldn't go to church. I'm like, no, 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 by all means, go to church. Pick a religion. If that's where you are in your vibration and that's what you need, I did it. I ended up knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic seat. I went to a Catholic church and studied 
in a Catholic church. I went to Christian churches before that. I went to a Catholic church and did a year and a day in their studies, their RCIA, that's right to a Christian initiation. A year and a day I studied, that is the, the ancient Druid pagan way, by the way, adopted by, the, by them, but then who knows where that started from. A year and a day before I could be knighted, okay? So I went a year and a day, got baptized, and then right after that, because I had immediately joined the, the knights and became a brother, I was a monk. I have pictures of me wearing the Friar Tuck outfit with the brown and the white rope. I swear to you, I'm not kidding. I have pictures in my house of that. I can show them to anybody who wants to know. The day I was going to get baptized, I was dressed as a Friar Tuck monk and went and got baptized. And then right after that, I got baptized just before Easter. And then just after Easter, I was knighted uh, and was invited to become a, a knight. You have to be invited and sponsored because you have to be a certain person because they don't allow anyone who's in service to self anymore. You have to go through a vetting and be in service to others to be in the Knights of Columbus. Does that mean that 100% they're all? No. I mean, look at Guy de Lucien and his brother in history, right? Look at the the story of, of uh, Balian and... and uh, Godfrey and everything that went on there at the, at the, uh, over in, in um, uh, the Holy Land, right, in Jerusalem. Some people are just evil, robber knights. That's what they were called in uh, on Arthur's Day, robber knights. So, but I had to go through all that, and then I was knighted. I was knighted on the day that uh, Pope John Paul II uh, died. While I was waiting to be knighted, he died. It was announced to us. Uh, by the church, and then uh, we were all in our tuxedos, which is the uniform of the knights. Today, we don't wear armor anymore because wearing metal and walking around in a metal suit just isn't fashionable. So we wear a tuxedo with a sash <laughs> that goes across our chest. Anyway, and then if we dress up in regalia, we have a cape and plume and sword and the whole lines. We look like a swashbuckler from uh, the Three Musketeers. Uh, literally. <laughs> Not a joke. And uh, even with the feathers. And um, I have that whole regalia right here in my closet. I'm not kidding you, in my house. Cape, sword, tuxedo, sash, hat with the plume, whole nines. Not even kidding you. I have pictures I can show you. Anyway, so then I was knighted. So all of that was my expansion into this. And then the knowledge that I learned by, because the fourth degree uh, knight in the Knights of Columbus is is uh, equal to 33rd degree Master Mason or above that. There is nothing above fourth degree uh, other than offices uh, in the in the world office. And I was an officer uh, in, in this. So was my stepfather and many of my friends. We were all officers uh, in the military that is the Knights. And um, I, I'm still a Knight. I'm just no longer, I, I resigned my commission as an officer. Uh, but I was, but I was being weaned for the Supreme, which is the World Council. They wanted me back. They'd love to have me back. But now I'm doing it not for the church. I'm doing it for the people. So I'm already doing that as an officer in the Coalition for the World um, as a knight, but not working for the Knights of Columbus anymore. So, anyways. But that was my journey as well. We all have to do that. So if you want to go to a church, by all means, do that because that teaches you and expands your consciousness with keeping you away from being uh, surrounded by people, people who are literally in third uh, dimension uh, in this reality, in that low vibration, 
end up getting away from religion altogether, and then you end up doing drugs, alcohol, and all this. Uh, and it, you can do those things and still be on the right path, or you can get caught up in that entire way of life. And the next thing you know, you everybody around you is is lost. And then that was the story of the Lost Boys, by the way. And the vampires, them being vampires, was showing you the, their ultra darkness and being in service to self. Um, the, there's another great movie. Watch the, the Lost Boys. But don't look at it from just a scary movie with vampires and see it for, for the spiritual what is a vampire, but the, the ego knocking at the door and tricking you into allowing you to come in so that it can control you and then lower your vibration uh, into the anti-world or the darkness uh, which is the dark side, uh, which is the yang, which is the violence and the debauchery and the, all of the things that is ego. Uh, and that was what that was about. And then uh, people fighting against that who were uh, not in, uh, in service to self, who were in service to others, trying to fight against it, although they made it in a time, you know, for kids and it was for teenagers and uh, did a great job. So why? Because they were going after, speak to the audience where they are. Okay. Go to where people are and then pull them up by their bootstraps from that place. Okay, I'm going to get off here. It's after 6 o'clock. We only got like four questions. Uh, uh, yeah, we got like four questions in. I apologize. But again, here, here is that same cyclical nature. And I've just explained it to you again and again and again and again. And people sometimes get tired of hearing me say it. And they're like, you just keep repeating yourself over and over because I am. And there's no way to not do that to explain the spiritual journey because it is a, the cyclical nature and it goes from the base root chakra all the way up. There is nothing else. So the only thing I can do is go to the red ray uh, base root chakra and then pull you from that and move all the way up through into the purple and then into the, into the white. And that's, is, and from there, you're in the eighth dimension. Now you're past this octave, you're outside this octave and into a different octave that we can't even speak about in this place. So literally my messaging, no matter what I say, is going to be somewhere between red ray and in, into the indigo or into the purple, which is, which is, you know, the, the, um, sub, the super conscious, the higher self outside of the body. And then the one above that is the white light, which is the being, which is uh, when you expand into uh, the next uh, plane of existence, which is the eighth through the 12th. Do you see? So we can't even talk about that here because we don't know enough about it. We only know the zero through seven. That's all we know here. That's because we're in that octave, which is that. Even though we're in the octave that is the third going into the fourth, going into the fifth, um, we literally only know from zero, one dimension through seven. After that, we don't know what goes on. And the people that are in the eight don't tell us. They don't talk to us anymore about what's going on there. They'll talk to us. And the ninth and the 10th and the 11th, they'll talk to us. They won't give us any information that is not outside of after the seventh. Most of the time it stops halfway through the sixth. Okay. So when people say, you know, you repeat yourself over and over, yeah, there's no other way to tell you this than to start at the base and spin my way up through all of your chakras and try to help you align them. And I do that over and over and over and over and over to hit all of your chakras every show. So everything I tell you, no matter what example I give you, if you're, aware enough, you're going to be, you're going to literally listen to me and say, he never says anything, but the same thing over and over a thousand different ways. Because that group of information that I'm giving you is the key and the knowledge to your ascension. That's how big it is. 
and it literally goes from zero to seven. That's it. That's all you get to know here. It's all I get to know here. Okay, we're veiled from the rest. All right, guys. I love you guys. Hopefully, um, this stuff, even though some of it hits you and you get it 100%, hopefully that I'm hitting you in a level to where you're like, he just said some shit. I have no fucking idea what he just said. I know it's something cool, but he just pulled past me. So whenever you guys don't ever feel bad, and I see somebody, you know, sometimes in the chat, say, okay, this is way above uh, my understanding, but it's cool. I love you for being honest and saying that. I do. So you're, you're, uh, that's a, a, a milestone that you don't realize and, you, and it should be told to you. The realization, and that was what Arthur uh, was trying to learn from Merlin when he was about to go and fight on the bridge, uh, Lancelot, and Merlin was trying to catch the fish and he was talking about the fish, but it was uh, it was funny because they showed that visually and he was like, look at him. He's beautiful. And he looks up at, at Mer and Merlin is looking at the fish in the water. And, but Arthur looks up at, at uh, uh, Lancelot on the bridge and he says, he's beautiful. And then he says, there's always someone more cleverer than yourself. Right. And that's the truth. And then to prove it physically, he tries to grab the fish and falls in the river himself. And doesn't get the fish. And then uh, Arthur goes up and loses the fight, but almost kills himself, Lancelot, and then breaks and destroys uh, the, um, the the singing sword of Excalibur by doing so. Uh, and then they had to repair it by uh, taking it back. And Percival was the only one who could because he was the purest knight. He was, of course, the one who saved Arthur with finding the grail and the realization, the only one that could. Uh, he took it and threw it into the water uh, and um, uh, the Lady of the Lake caught it, pulled it back down, uh, and she was supposed to put it back for somebody to draw out, and that's another story for another time. But there's a Viking story that's very similar to the sword and the stone, and it's, uh, again, expand your consciousness beyond your bounds to realize uh, that's the, the message of be the spoon from Matrix. It's the same message to, to uh, Neo, how, how do you bend the spoon? The little kid who was far wiser than he said, be the spoon. And that's the same with the sword. Be the sword. That is the, the purest uh, person is those who that person who is in service to others completely. And that's the person who can draw the sword from the stone. And eventually you realize what is it? The secret of the of the grail. You and the land are one. And as you thrive, so does the land. You are one with the land, with everyone. And when you are realizing that, then you are the sword. You become the sword. You are the sword. You're not the, you're the tool. And when you realize I am not the king, I am the tool. And that was what the, the humility that Arthur had to learn. The same humility that, that Neo had to learn. I am not the sword. I am the tool. Jesus was teaching that. The way, to have, the way to heaven is through me. I am the key, and yet I am the door. And he is the key because the knowledge is the key. The knowledge and understanding and the realization is that you are not the maker. You are not, but you are, but only in the spiritual when you get above and rise above and be in service to others. So you have to be, first of all, realize I'm the servant to serve. That's the art of war. Right to lead men, you must be a, the, a, you must serve them. That is literally in in the art of war. Okay, that's teach, learn, learn, teach. 
from the law of one. Same lesson. He who was without sin cast the first stone. Same lesson in a different religion. Do you see? The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing its existence. Same lesson. Different vibration. Lower level, higher level spirituality. Teaching you the same lesson. Look to that place where you dare not look and you will find me there staring back at you. Paul Atreides from the book of Dune by Frank Herbert. Same lesson. He went within and he ascended to a place spiritually that those who were in service to others could not go and feared because they had to be in service to others to get there and achieve that. And they couldn't do that when they were in service to self. And so he was able to achieve that by ultimately becoming the tool, knowing that he was the servant and willing to serve. And then he became that. And that's when he said, look to the place where you dare not look and you will find me there staring back at you because he had surpassed them and became the one. Do you see? That's Frank Herbert's book, Dune. You should read it if you've never read it. They did some good with the movies. Uh, not, the, the last one I haven't seen that they did the series with, uh, with uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who played Aquaman. I can't think of his name right now. He was in it. And um, I hear that was really good. I haven't seen it. But if you can read the books, read the books. There's four of them. And then they expanded it. And they went prior. And then they showed you on a Jesus level. Uh, that where they did that with a series where uh, they had huge nukes and Paul became blind uh, and all of that. And that was very much showing that that character was, in fact, the savior character or the hero, uh, the same character uh, that he was. They're trying to show you that Frank Herbert was showing you in the first four books. But I, I would say if you've got time. Read those books. But then again, they're all, it's in every story. You can find the, all of those messages in Moby Dick. You can find them in the Bible. They're there. It's those who have the mind to see, those who have the eyes to see or the ears to hear, let them, he who has the understanding, let he who has the understanding, right? That's the, the, from the Bible. Again, it's esoteric. It's in the, literally in Jesus' revelations. That is the chakras and that same journey that he who has the mind to understand or the understanding uh, and the ears to hear, let him who has the eyes to see, let he who has the understanding understand this and know this knowledge. They tell you that over and over and everything. Whenever somebody says those words to you, that is literally the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing if it's existence. It's esoteric. And then the message is there. If you're of the understanding and vibration, you will get that message when they say it. And then you'll know there is now a message in here that is hidden. And if you have the ability to understand it, you will. Okay. And that is in everything. And that's why that story of the Sufi, and then I'll leave you, that story of the Sufi where he tried, bought all the books and read everything. I do the same thing, bought all the books and read everything. And then one day you wake up and it literally happens where you wake up and, and you're sitting there and, and then it becomes apparent to you. There's that word again, where it becomes apparent to you. It dawns on me. Why does it dawn on me? Because the darkness has ended and the light has begun. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. These are straight from different Bibles around the world, different Talmuds from around the world. The darkest just before the dawn, the dawn, it dawned on me because the light became apparent to me and the knowledge 
became into my vision because my vibration spiritually was lifted to a place where I was able to see the esotericness of it. Do you see? Happens to all of us. It'll happen to you. And then you look at everything else and it becomes so simple. You literally see every book, every song, every movie, every tollment, every religion, every scroll as stories for children. Because they are. Because you have the understanding of what this place is. And now you're an adult. And then you have a decision to make. All right, guys. I love you. Have a great New Year's. I'll see you in 2023. I love you guys. And pay it forward. Stay frosty. Always learn. Read. Learn. Because then when you, you'll you know when you don't need to. But then even then you don't need to quit. You can't. Because <laughs> then you stagnate. So it doesn't matter. Even if like now I know that everything is there. But I know that that's not everything. That's just where I am now. So I know there's going to be something else and a new epiphany. <laughs> there's going to be a, something new that I'm going to go, oh, wow, how did I not see that? Because that's what happens every time you make a, a breakthrough. Okay. Um, so don't feel bad if you're uh, not there. And don't feel bad for me if you're above me. <laughs> right? If I sound simple to you, don't feel bad for that because don't feel bad for me. I am only where I'm supposed to be. And that's the where the you know in in the Lord of the Rings when he says, Gandalf, you're late. And he said, A wizard arrives exactly when he's meant to. <laughs> I am not late. I arrive exactly when I'm meant to. Because he was of the understanding, you have to remember that that his character was um thousands, hundreds of thousands of years old. And you don't know that from the movie. He kind of mentions it once or twice, but in the books, you realize he's very, very, very old, older than uh, he was around. He was there at the battle. And that was 10,000 years ago when the One Ring was taken from Sauron. He was there. So was, uh, uh, what's his name? The the king of the uh, Woodland Elves. They were all alive. That was 10,000 years ago. That get, doesn't get translated in the book. I mean, in the movie. In all those movies of the Lord of Rings, the weight of just how old some of these characters are in the in the storyline is not not um presented enough in the movies gandalf the gray was hundreds of thousands of years old he was immortal so just like the 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 elves okay elrond was there at that battle 10,000 years ago. So the humans are the only ones who only live 30 to 100 years. That is the way it is here, too. Your physical body is the only one that lives 30 to 100 years. All right, guys. I love you. Have a great night. I will see you next year.